All right. Hello, Fantasy Disc Golf fans, and welcome to Chill Disc Days, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Matthew Williams, and you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Chilliams and Instagram at Chill Disc Days. And I would like to officially welcome you to episode number 18 of Chill Disc Days. And on today's show, it is draft day. We have the Chill This Day's Industry Draft Show. Got some special guests with us today. And really, the goal of this draft show was uh, threefold. It's to put Chill This Day's to the test against some of the top minds in fantasy disc golf. Uh, we're trying to give listeners some insight into some of the difficult decisions they could be facing. So we'll have some of our top analysts give their their input, their analysis on their picks. And then lastly, we're here to talk smack. This is what uh this is what we're here for. This is what we do draft shows for. So got, got a good show going. So let's get into who we have and we'll go with the order of uh who we got. So with the first overall pick in the Chill Disc Days Industry Draft, we have Jason Rock Phelps. How are you doing tonight, Jason? Hey, I appreciate the invite, Matt. Um I definitely feel like the Joe among pros. I don't know if you guys are into like high stakes fantasy football. There was a really cool series <laughs> on FFPC where six Joes would draft against six industry pros. And that's uh, a bit of a throwback for me. To, uh, to I feel that. like you're more of the pro. I've looked at your fantasy background and that's why we got you on the show. You want to uh, give us a little insight on your fantasy background and what you've been working on? Yeah. So uh, I have a master's degree in predictive analytics Um for a while, almost 10, I don't know, it's been a while now. But I used to uh, write for and do analysis for DraftSharks.com, um, doing fancy football advice, uh, mainly revolving around best ball drafts, you know, uh, with a focus on drafting strategies and roster constructions there. Uh, now I work for uh, a sports gambling data provider. So my daily role is building models and simulations of the NFL, college football, and MLB. Um, uh, on the disc golf side, I've really, I, I picked up a Whammo starter pack, like from Walmart about 10, 12 years ago. I was playing up in Maine, pay to play courses when I was a substitute teacher and didn't do it a whole lot. Found a T-bird in the pond, and that was my set. And then pandemic got me back into it. Now I have more discs than I should, and I'm super into the Pro Tour scene. Um, I'm helping our local uh, 50th American Flying Disc Open Committee curate the history on that. So that's kind of how I got connected into the uh, this scene, I think. Um and uh yeah ready to go and i feel like i have the the first heat jitters ready to go yeah yeah i feel like, and and uh i know you had mentioned you had some uh some stats uh for for disc also specific specific but but not probably as extensive as your DraftKings stuff so we might have a little little room to work with and, and where could find people find you on uh on socials um where can uh people find you yeah, so data scientist FF is my Twitter handle. Okay, that's the, that's the best place to connect with me. 
Twitter. Find Jason on Twitter. All right. Good luck, Jason. Thanks for being here. With our second pick, we have Evan from Statmando. You've seen him quite a bit from the uh, Statmando offseason with Statmando, the, the charity show. Evan, how you doing tonight? Thanks for being here. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I've been staying busy. It it doesn't even feel like took a break from disc golf for the uh, off season, and we got all stars tomorrow at the time of this recording. Uh, so uh, yeah, off season's over. I uh, didn't even get to rest a little bit, but not in a bad way. Super enjoyable, uh, and stoked to get the season started. Yes, you guys got anything fun coming up for uh, Statmander for the all stars or anything? Any new fun shows coming up? Yeah, we, we don't have, we just finished recording our last show and it should get released, uh, probably by the time you're listening to this, I would assume on the disc golf network, uh, our sixth and final episode for the off season. Um, it, we're always working on things for, uh, stat Manda. We'll probably have some social media out for the all stars. Uh, nothing too crazy, but we're excited for the new season. It should have some stuff rolling out, uh, before you know it. Nice. And, uh, um, you can find stat Mando, Twitter, Instagram, uh, where can, the, where can the people find you, Evan? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm on Twitter mostly. You can uh, listen to my uh, hot, warm, and cold takes is what I say. Uh, <laughs> I'm at Evan K. Disc. Um, but yeah, of course, I, I, I'd i rather you just follow Statmando. That's where the good stuff's at, uh, at Statmando on Twitter or at Statmando DG on Instagram. And then, of course, uh, Statmando.com. Absolutely. Yep, definitely. If, yeah, if you haven't heard uh, Statmando by now, for sure, check them out. And I have the third pick. I've already done my intro. And someone that has been on Statmando recently, with the fourth pick, we have Clinton Pippert. How are you doing tonight, Clinton? I'm doing all right. I always enjoy talking uh, fantasy sports and sports in general. Uh, I got into disc golf during the pandemic and haven't looked back. Uh, stats have always been in my blood, and I actually got started doing... Um, Stats on open and mixed and wooded courses. Uh, that's what I thought was missing at the time. And uh, that's kind of now fantasy started up and that's where my heart's at. I've been playing fantasy sports for 16 years. Uh, oh, wow. So um, this is where, this is where my heart is and where my track and disc golf is going. So, yeah. Uh, you can find me Twitter, uh, kpipper11. Uh, got a YouTube channel as well. Just Clinton Pipper Disc Golf. Uh, Clinton with a K. That is a very easy way to find me is uh, Clinton with a K. So, yes, sir. And I, I, uh, I've checked out a lot of your fantasy stuff. He did a fantasy stuff last year. And before I even saw you on Statmando, I knew I wanted to have you on board. I'd watched your survivor <laughs> picks and I literally watched your survivor videos with the results pulled up. And I was like, Clinton is crushing it. So I knew I wanted to have you on board. Excited to have oh, you thank here. You, thank thank you. you for, thank you for joining. And Clinton will, uh, he has to, he has to skedaddle in a little bit. So, he might have to drop off during the the middle of the show, but he will be drafting with us. So, and I will be live tweeting my picks and my reaction. So, if you guys want insight to what I'm picking, you can pull me up on Twitter right now. So, <laughs> okay, okay, there we go. Uh, next up, we got uh, we have from the Chain Clankers, we got Quentin with us. Um, before I do the intro, Quentin, I just got to say, how about them Chiefs, man? Oh man, I'll tell you what, you can't see the, the stuff going on on the other side of the camera right now, but, uh, yeah, the Chiefs gear is out and about. We are very, very thankful things went our way. Uh, did you make it to the parade? No, honestly, hot take. I 
kind of think the parade is pointless to go to. I don't want to stand out in the cold for five hours to see them for two minutes. So I, yeah, no, I took Monday off, recovered, and that was good enough for me, man. I took Monday off as well, and I feel the same way about parades. I heard how crazy the Royals ones was, so I yeah. just, I avoided the the last uh, few, but just happy to see the Chiefs get the victory. But uh, thank you for uh, joining us tonight, Q. You can find him. He's been doing a lot of work on chain click player interviews, helping you improve your game. Um, what do you, what do you got going on with chain clinkers? Quick Q. Yeah, man. Super excited to be here. I, I think we kind of wanted to do a little bit of the fantasy disc golf stuff last year with our brand, but honestly, we just felt at the end of the day, we didn't have enough knowledge only doing it. Last year was our first year. So this year we're going to be getting into it a lot more and have a lot planned. I'm not sure when exactly this is going to drop, but, uh, we'll probably have some stuff out by the time it does uh really if you're coming to our podcast uh social media all that stuff is just chain clankers disc golf or uh one of the best resources for helping you improve your disc golf game right we're under 950 rated we're not pros and we talk to pros and learn how we can all collectively improve our games we kind of want to be your guinea pig for uh doing those things incorrectly so that way you can learn how to play better and have more fun in the long run yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been following you guys pretty early since you guys started and you guys have been crushing us there. So great work from the chain clankers. Happy to have you guys on board. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see more fantasy stuff. I definitely more fantasy disc golf's good for good for disc golf. <laughs> Agreed. And I will say, Jason, I got to link up with you, man. I got to know what book you work for because uh, I, I got to know who's screwing me out of all these bets now because that, that's really cool, man. I When I heard all that, I was like, oh, man, this sounds like someone who should be working for a book. And uh, well, turns out we, we, sure we got that. So uh, I might have some questions for you later. Did you worry anything? Last up, uh, not last but not least... We have the man behind Skip Base, and you know him on Smashbox TV. We got Johnny V, our first returning Hi. guest here, too. Thanks for coming back, Johnny. Hi, I'm a 931 rated amateur master, and <laughs> that's what I'm going to be. That's that's my role today. I'm going to play the rookie. No, I'm going to have to listen to Chain Clankers because I just signed up for my first event this year. And sometime in late April or May, we're going to bring come back out to Am Masters. But you're right. I am the, the 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 man behind the scenes. I used to be the brains behind the scenes, but now I've got another guy who does a lot of my dev work for the actual site. But yes, I, I started Skip Base back in 2003, I think was the year that I debuted it. I did it way back when, when it was called, uh, it was fantasydg.com back in the day. Ran that for like 10 years, then let it kind of die when I had kids ended up did the worst thing you anyone can ever do i let a domain name get away from me and uh somebody picked it up they sold it to innova innova now sold it to udisc and udisc has my fantasy dg uh original domain name but uh when the dgpt started back up i got uh i got the urge and nobody else was doing it so we we brought out uh, the fantasy disc golf and i brought it under skip ace which is my which was my own personal brand so i got this Obviously, as you know, doing uh, Smashbox TV live every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. And then as well, um, I'll be, I, I also work behind the scenes with the DGPT doing a lot of the broadcast stuff. I was actually in a meeting today with a few companies about uh, uh, some streaming stuff. It's a great future from what I can tell. Nice. I'm excited for the next couple of years with what uh, the DGPT has in store. So I've kind of got my fingers in all the cookie jars. 
Yeah, that's good to hear. And I think I heard you mention on Smashbox, you're considering starting a fantasy show as well. Is that right? I've been considering starting a fantasy show for like three or four years, to be honest. It's just every, last year I told the pro tour, I said, okay, you know, Terry and I, we got this off the ground. Terry's in front of the camera, does all that great stuff. I'm the man behind the scenes. I'd like to stay behind the scenes, but maybe a little bit less. And they were like, great. So this last year you did 28 events. How does 21 sound? And I was like, uh, we'll see. (laughs) I, I, I would like to do maybe kind of a quick weekly thing every once in a while, just to, just to kind of keep updates like that. But I don't know if I'm going to get to it. It wouldn't be live, uh, which is scary because everything I always do is live. So actually having to put forth effort to do some uh, post-production on my podcast, I'm not, I'm not know if I'm down with that. So we'll see, we'll see if it actually comes to fruition. I'm really excited what, uh, with what we have this year for skip base with a couple of the new features uh, that that you and I talked about a few, you know, a few months ago, almost now. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I hope you, uh, I hope you do launch it. I like more fantasy disc golf shows would be great. I know, like, I can't gain 20 years of experience overnight. So if you had a show, I think it would be great. <laughs> well, and the, the great part was uh, even last year when I was starting to sketch it out, Clinton has been on my radar for a long time because I've been following him on Twitter, <laughs> all his survivor stuff. I, w- I was thinking I could have a little survivor section, a little redraft section, you know, a yearly draft section, those kind of things. And, and he was like high on my radar secretly as I followed him on Twitter. And I was like, that's a guy that I would get, I'd get on the show to talk survivor, but it sounds like he knows a little bit more than just survivor from what, uh, what I gathered. So Quinn's on top of it. Yeah, he is. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, are you guys ready? Yeah. Let's get this started. All right. So I'm going to just preface this for the listeners, uh, just with the league setup. We have a, uh, we're doing the full season disc golf pro tour, silver series and majors. We have a league size of 15. So we are doing six MPO starters, four MPO bench positions, and we have three FPO starters, two FPO bench positions. Uh, we have one IR spot, which Johnny introduced this year. I'm excited about that. We have alternates enabled. Um, we are using the free agent budget system for waivers. I gave us a budget of a hundred dollars and the scoring method we're going to do is the player place. I know Johnny implements the, uh, scaling point system, but I was, I was too scared to do it this first year. So I actually, I actually have a, uh, another draft coming up next week where I'm going to be doing the scaling point system. So, but for this, for this one, we're sticking with the player play system, which um, for listeners, is like basically first place gets one point, tenth place gets ten points, lowest points wins. So to touch on the format, and I will get this draft rolling, and and kind of just uh, like to give you guys the floor, to like you know, talk about you know, kind of what your mindset is as you're making these picks, and if anybody has questions, you guys want to shoot over or whatnot, you know, just get it going. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm I'm excited at the end of the year to see the differences between the player place drafts and the the new scaled system with MPO and FPO because I feel like and not to give anything away here and, and before the draft, but I feel like player place weighs a lot heavier on FPO. It really pushes them up the scale as opposed to the scaled uh scoring system where you could really take some penalties for a few uh, low finishing uh 
Oh yeah, I saw the negative two fifty like starting pretty low, and I was, I got nervous. Nobody should be getting that in a draft pick, but I'm just you never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I think I just started the draft. All right, so quick clarifying question: There's no clock on this. No clock. No clock. Nope. All right. So I think there's a tier of one at the top. Uh, I don't think anybody joins him either based on quality, availability, or scarcity. I'm going with Richard Wysocki. Ricky, number one. Honestly, I'm 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 almost a little surprised at that. Yeah, let's uh. So, what, especially the number one pick. Why 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 Ricky? Well, exactly what I said. So quality on the MPO side, I think he's clearly top tier. Uh, I think availability obviously knocks down Macbeth. A um, little unclear how this is going to play out. I think we're playing with all Elite Series, all Silver Series, and Majors. There's Silver Series and Elite Series in the same week with the European stuff. So I'm not sure how we're going to be able to roster two sets. We won't have to. I, uh, the Silver Series, I don't, I'm not sure which one overlaps, but whatever overlaps, the Elite Series will take priority okay. and uh, the Silver Series will drop off if, if it's two. But I don't know if you're talking about the new... Um, uh, the new... The, 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 e, the, the ET, the European Tour, that are treated as Silver Series, but aren't truly Silver Series events. So they won't the be... Silver events, sorry. I should not say yeah, Silver Yeah, Silver... Yeah, no, oh my gosh, I owe a dollar into the, into the jar as well. I said Silver Series, yeah. <laughs> I probably um, so, yeah, so those, brought you in with me, but... Yeah, those if, events won't be, but if, if there is another overlap, what we'll do is we're... For, and this is for everybody listening, the Elite Series will take priority. Yep, and I think... Uh, so that's why Macbeth drops a tier for me. Um... And then as far as the FBO side, um, I just think scarcity is, a, uh, or the lack of scarcity, I'll say it, on that side is is kind of a, um, is why I put Waisaki ahead. So you think it's more you think it's more important and you're the st- statistician. <laughs> you think it's more important to grab one of the top MPO because there's going to be the FPOs are going to be around as opposed to grabbing one of the top FPO players and guaranteeing like like a Tatar. She's going to be the number one FPO pick when somebody grabs her. And based on last year, she averaged like 1.83 or something dumb uh, finishing position. And again, she's missing a few events this year, so it's hard to judge it. But that's my that's my theory. Okay. We'll see if it pays out for you. Let's go. (laughs) So that brings it up to me, correct? Uh, Sure does. I I work on a system called kind of inverted points. And so uh, 100 minus the place they came in. So you want to get points in my inverted point system, how I kind of deal with it in my head and and kind of value over a long season. Because obviously we're trying to get as little amount of points as possible, but we have to play players. Uh, So if someone skips an event, they they hurt us, uh, but then their points are less because they didn't get any points for playing. So on this inverted point scale for majors, elite and silver, there was one player that was standalone, number one, uh, still available. Uh, It's going to be Mr. Maybe Franklin Dis unmarked bag at at all-stars right now. I don't even know who he's throwing this year, but I am picking the man, or I should say the teenager, Gannon Burr. Although I actually have to do on the site. So let me, let me figure this out real quick, but I announced it here uh, and we're going here first. 
Can you tell me a little bit about this Franklin Diss? I might be out of touch with what's going on with this Franklin Diss thing. He came on the Nick and Matcho while he was still with Prodigy. There was no, there was no rumors at this point. I, I don't think anyone knew, uh, unless you're, I guess, in the know behind the scenes. But I had no clue about anything happening. Johnny Vo, there smirking. Uh, I had no idea of anything happening, and he was just starting to hype up Franklin Diss uh, while he's still with Prodigy. He's just, hey, their new starter set is really good. And, you know, their old stuff. Everyone made fun of how bad it was. It was super flippy. Apparently, they have new durable stuff that I have yet to see. And he was just saying it was good. Uh, and then he ends up leaving, uh, prodigy hasn't announced where he's going yet. And uh, he, he was trolling today on Instagram, supposedly with some Lone Star disc. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's a troll, but Gannon seems like the kind of person to troll us and first throw of all stars. I am still just expecting it to be a Franklin disc. I just, whether that's who he signs with or not, I just, I'm expecting at this point, and I might be disappointed if that's not true. And again, if you're listening to this, you already know what the answer is. So I either look incredibly smart or incredibly dumb. But I think the pick of Gannon Burr, I feel like it's pretty smart and I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I mean, he was, I, I had him as like a top two fantasy player last year. And I'm going to go to Paige Pierce. She's for sure going to be my number one pick. Um, I'm going to take her now. I had her number one in my draft guide. and. You know, I heard uh, Johnny talk a little bit on Smashbox about her mental, but like, I just think, let's see, she had a 5.6 average finish. She plays all the events. Like, I know Kristen got a lot of the hype, but I just think her schedule and having that top tier on the FPO. Paige is a little swingy, honestly. You know, she, she'll, she'll dominate for a few weeks and then you'll see her kind of tail off and Obviously, tail off for her is like fifth, sixth, seventh place. Um, and then she'll get, you know, get that fire back in her. And, you know, she's top two again. It's uh, it's it's hard to predict her right now. Yeah, I think I want that. I want that top FPO player. I want to I want to get that locked in. I was looking at maybe Calvin, but uh, I'm going to go with Paige, with my number one pick. Well, <clears throat> not having. Kristen Tatar go off number one was a surprise to me, but I think this is probably going to be the biggest surprise of the draft. Um, as my one pick on the pot, um, I'm going to take my guy, Matteo, number four. Oh, Matteo, really? <laughs> uh, Matteo had a fantastic year last year, even coming into the season with a surprise surgery and everything. Uh, ultra consistent. He has signed up to play like the first 10 events straight. And he had, if you take just the, if I'm getting this correct, just the Disc Golf Pro Tour standings, whatever counted for their standings. So taking the ones that events that fell off, he had the third best average finish behind Ricky and Paul, I believe. I might be wrong. Oh, Burr's in there too. So he might be fourth. But. Um, yeah, Matteo's my guy. I'm taking him. Uh, he's also so somebody I love to root for, and I need that on my fantasy team. Matteo's my guy. And I'm with just that, a little surprised. Um, As a man that said he drafts with his uh, stats over his heart, I'm surprised he took uh, him over Calvin. I'll give you 14 stats for Matteo here. Um, <laughs> uh, he plays better than Calvin. He plays better than... No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> <clears throat> So if you take off his top two and his bottom two, he averaged fifth place, which is the best out of everybody. 
anybody on tour, if you take off their top two finishes and their bottom two finishes, which you could consider outliers, Matteo had the best average finish on tour last year. And that's why he's my number one pick. Yeah. He did have a he did have a crazy average finish. I was just a little worried about the events played compared to maybe the top tier, but I do love me some Matty O. So, all right. Well, with that, uh, I got to get my kid to the doctor, so I will be out of here. Uh, I still be drafting. Good luck, everybody, and follow my Twitter. Thanks, Clinton. Have a good night. Okay, I guess that brings me up to pick Please. Vin. Um, so kind of the rationale behind this one, uh, and I'll, I'll dive deeper into the analysis on why I'm thinking this after the next pick, but I, I, I think that I am getting very lucky to be getting the player of the year at number five. Uh, the fact that Christian Tatar has not come off the feet off the board yet is, is absolutely mind blowing. I mean, this is by and far the best player in the FPO division. I can understand the argument that she's not going to be at every single event, but you look back last year, never finished off the podium. So when she does play, you're guaranteed to get a top three, top five at worst this season. Uh, this is someone who wins a ton of events. She had an injury last year. Maybe she doesn't have the injury this year. Uh, I really just cannot see a world in which Christian Tatar does not repeat as the number one FPO player in 2023. So it, it's an absolute no-brainer for me here. So you're not worried about the elbow? the yeah. surgery or the uh, schedule at all no I, i'm not worried about it if anything i'll i'll take the wins where we can and and figure it out later on nice man i think if you pair her with a nice uh combo pick i think she i think she could get to that value for sure oh man i was really hoping i'd get her honestly i thought i was hoping you'd let her slide <laughs> that you were going to pick like a an eagle or a calvin because I think yeah, Tatar is a, a no-brainer off the books at, at this point in the uh, the the in the draft. So that changes my strategy up a little bit because I think that having Page and Tatar off the board at this point now, most of the other FPO are probably can be drafted in a few later rounds. So I'm going to go with Eagle McMahon. And followed up with my boy Vinny. I was on the Vinny. Oh. I, was, I was on the Vinny hype train years, few years before anybody else. I had some inside scoop from Terry, who had seen him down there, that he was he was just a stud, and all he had to do was go on tour and finish up college, and he was going to be out there. So I'm going to go back to back Eagle. I've looked at Eagle's schedule. He's going to hit some silver series this year, um, and and Vinny probably not as many silver series, but where a, did Eagle where did Eagle announce his schedule? Um, it's Go to the PDGA page and look at the registered events, the future okay. events. That's, uh, that's a little. I've tip. been using. Yeah. I've been using Instagram. I have. To, I have a question for you. So being on the turn, uh, that's one area. I'm like, do you feel the need to take an MPO FPO, or are you just looking at best player? I'm looking at best player, and honestly, with the FPO field, um, and for those of you that don't know, if you up in the search, if you just type FPO. It'll show you all of the FPL players. It'll it'll filter out the MPO for anyone that's listening oh, to this. Nice. Um, but looking at the next few top-rated women, you've got Own, Missy, uh, Evelina, and Valerie. Valerie's out for a while, so I think she's going to drop. Evelina and Hannah are questionable. Katrina would probably be the next one off the board for me. And I think I think I'm going to be able to get two 
at least one of the the FPL players on my next swing that I want. So, okay. And then my second question is with Eagle. So, like, I was a little nervous about um his health, but I just watched you know Goat Hill to just kind of get a feel. And like, do you think he played Goat Hill to show like he's healthy? Because like he's that's a bomber's course. So, and it, I mean, his putt was on. Do you think? He's just like showing like, hey, guys, I'm I'm healthy this year. I'm going to play Goat Hill to show I can still rip it. And like sh- maybe there shouldn't really be as much concern for Eagle this year. Yeah, I think I mean, there's always going to be some concern for Eagle because he has shown himself prone to injury, whether it's self-inflicted or just bad luck, whatever it's whatever the case. But again, if you go under the PDGA player info, hit the upcoming events, you can kind of get it, not just what they say they're going to play, but what they're actually registered for, which is what I have. And it usually has the first half of the season up there. Right now I'm looking, he's registered for almost everything through the European Open, including um, uh, the Sil- uh, DGB Silver Beaver State and Zootown Open. Uh, so I- I'm excited to get Eagle. I think he's going to be fine. He He's got a few little quirks in his game now, but ultimately I'm going to trust that Eagle knows his game. He wouldn't go out and play Goat Hill, a crusher course, if he felt at at all unsure of his uh, health. So I'm, I'm pretty confident in Eagle this year. It's pretty nasty start to your draft, Johnny. <laughs> I got I got one draft in last night with with the, with some guys, and uh, and I I think I'm going to dominate that one. So I'm, I'm hoping I can. Uh, there was no when FPO. I go two for two. There's no FPL players last night though, so I'm in a new ballpark. This is the first time I've done a draft, an actual draft with FPL players. I'm excited. Perfect. Yeah, the same here. This will be fun. Yeah. So I am now back on the clock, and and you guys have said a whole lot of good things, and and I've I've gone back and forth on this pick, uh, and I think I've come to a decision that the the reason I'm going to be taking this player is because if you were to combine both the MPO and FPO fields last year, and you look just based on on tour points, uh, this person would have finished fifth if MPO and FPO was combined. This is somebody who is uber consistent, which if the name of the game is finishing as close to first place, this is somebody you absolutely want to have on your team. And you're not going to get finishes where they're finishing outside the top 20, outside the top 30, outside the top 40. That's just an unrealistic uh, outcome for this player. And so the player that I am going to be taking, just make sure I draft the right person here, is going to be I mean, it's going through right now a little bit of slow internet, but it's going to be Katrina Allen. Katrina Allen, like I said, finished fifth. If you would combine both MPO and FPO in based off tour points last year, this is somebody who finishes inside the top 10 constantly. And like last pick, when I said I'll get into more of the draft strategy later, I look at the MPO and FPO fields as if I look at NASCAR and I look at Formula One. When I look at Formula One, I see Red Bull is going to win more times than not. Mercedes is going to win more times and not where when you look at NASCAR, you can't say the same things for all of these uh, drivers in that field. You can have someone who finishes second this week and then they crash out and they finish 30th next week, right? So when you look at the MPO and the FPO field, I think there are deeper players in the MPO field that you can get that will give you top 20 finishes where you can't get that in the FPO. So I'd rather lock up my FPO, have my two starters, and on the off chance that Kristen's not playing, I still have a stud to fill that role and I can still find someone to replace her later on. 
Yeah, that's good rationale. I, but I do think there's also the risk of if you miss out on one of the top MPO guys, you also have the risk of them getting in the 80s as compared to like the 50s or Absolutely. something with the FPF. So like I'm, yeah, I was looking at cap, but I'm a little nervous starting double FPO. Um, did Clinton, oh, Clinton picked. He picked Kyle Klein. That's who I was looking at. Ah, sniped part of the game. Cause I am looking at, uh, so it's, I'm on the clock now. Clinton went Kyle Klein. That, that's right who I was looking at. And I'm right after you. So Clinton yeah, a smart pick there. I'll give him credit. Clinton. Yeah. Clinton. And, and just going on. I mean, he's, I had him. My numbers were the uh, skip base events here. 15.3 average finish made 16 of the events. I had him ranked top 10 last year. Um, Matty O would have been my next pick, but gosh, Clinton took him so early. I had him on my fantasy feature card and I really wanted him. I did not expect him to go that early. So this is why, uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm in a tough spot right now. Cause like I want to look at Paul, but the schedule obviously. I mean, Paul's good he's up, missi- up through he's ch- missi- Champions Cup. After Champions Cup, he's got the Jonesboro OTB, and then he's off the books. Yeah, I see right. he's missing like Music City, Portland Open, DDO, Des Moines Challenge, Preserve. But, but then I'm also looking at like Chris Dickerson. He's also kind of got the same situation. I think... Uh, Upside pick could be Isaac Robinson here. You could go double uh, FPO Missy again. I'm just talking out loud. Oh, I'm looking at probably Missy or Paul. I think I'm going to go Paul. I want to get that MPO. I want to get that MPO. I'm going to go. Yeah, let's get let's get Paige and Paul. Strong. You know, just I, I mean, it's that it's that name value too. Strong late season. I mean, you know, you know he's going to probably dominate the end of the season. So you'll definitely have someone to go to go at that point you're just going to be stuck a little bit uh during the uh the middle of the season for sure but at least like the majors and stuff i feel good about my picks so i'm going with paul mcbeth that's true you're talking about majors that's like the, the key place where some of these middle of the pack players especially mpo are gonna gonna get some high low finishes exactly if you have someone who's like uh, paul's not finishing outside top 20 at a major are you kidding me so right. I think that's a great pick. And it, it does help me out a little bit because I kind of wanted to go someone above Paul, uh, but I just didn't know if I could do it. And you made it easy because now I have no choice. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with someone who actually doesn't have any elite wins, uh, but has done really well at majors, actually has uh, three top tens out of his last four majors of his career, but doesn't have an elite win. Uh, it, but I think that might change this year. I'm going to go with Joel Freeman. Oh, uh, he plays a lot of events. Uh, he finishes a lot better than I think people think. Um, he's just, he's missing that win. He's missing really like really notable finishes, but super consistent player. And that's kind of the name of the game. Getting, getting people who finishing at the top and uh, at as many events as possible. He plays a lot of events. Yeah. And I saw you guys shouted out something with Joel today on stat, Mando. What was it? He was wearing that, some strawberry shirt. He was wearing strawberry shirts. And that was at the three the, top tens out of his last four starts. There you go. That's what it was. All right. <clears throat> so I'm on the clock. I think they're, 
like I don't love Dickerson's schedule, right? I like I just pulled it up. You know, pre-draft didn't look that deeply into it, but realizing it doesn't look registered for LVC, but he is registered for European Open, which is I think the first time he's going out there. So I like that. I think his consistency just puts him in a tier above the rest of the rest of the MPL. I think the other guys are marginally replaceable. Um, so I think I'm going Dickerson with one of these picks. Um, so I'll lock that in. I had him. I had him as a top ten pick last year, even with this schedule. So I think that's a solid pick. I, I think, you got to get that. You got to get those elite players. Yeah, and I think that I'm confident that I'll be able to fill or replace him or fill in for him when he's not at, at events. Um, fingers crossed. Now this question goes over to FPO. Now I'm going to get my first FPO player. Uh, I had. Five players split between my top two tiers. So there's two left in my second tier. Um, you know, I love Owen. I love, Missy Gannon, though, is consistent. I think she could still uh, be on the rise. She, um, I think there's, there's lots of people in the FDO that could be on the rise. But I think she's already established herself as a um, kind of an overall top five-ish player. And her, I think her floor, uh, like on a season-wide basis, like maybe eighth overall. Um, but week to week, I think I'm going to take that consistency and I'm going to take Miss again. Yeah, you got that big money Missy going for you too. So kind of going along with the same, like hopefully play well at the big events, get that, you know, n- get that player you know will perform well. So Chris Dickerson and Missy Gannon, back to back. Good picks. I, I got to say it's a little bit tough going after the double picks for an introduction as full as Jason over here. Just being like, is this guy going to read my mind like two in a row and I got to go to my third pick? You know he's serious because um, he has a pen in his hand. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, thankfully, that, that wasn't the case there. But not to say those are bad picks, but at least I had a different name in mind. So I I can still go ahead and go with this pick. Um, it's someone where we've been talking about him for years, has wins in the past, but then you're just always like, they don't feel as good as I remember. But then people get so far in that train that he then becomes underrated. Uh, and that's Kevin Jones is I think he has now right. kind of eclipsed this place where he's really underrated because everyone's talking about how he hasn't won anything. But in fantasy, that, that's not the game. It's not to win these events. It's to place really well. And he has a couple couple lower finishes than you want, a couple outside f- top 40s. But he is a king at getting top 25s. And uh, especially, like I said, being a little bit underrated now, we're not seeing him as much pushing for wins outside of Jonesboro and a good solid finish at LVC, but that doesn't matter. Cause in fantasy, he's getting top 25s for me. So I'm going Kevin Jones. Yeah, buddy. He's going to be the big name for prodigy too, with uh, Gannon leaving. So wonder if he'll have some of that like extra motivation to like really rep for prodigy. Is that not what we said last year with Chris Dickerson? Uh, and then 
Jan and Burr stepped up. So big, good, good point there. That'll Hello, be Isaac. for sure. <laughs> that's true too. That's what I was. I'm. That's who I'm looking at. Is is with my pick. I'm looking at Isaac, the other prodigy. Uh, Isaac or James, really like trying to get that other. If yeah, I'm gonna go Isaac. I Isaac. Uh, he had he had an average finish kind of right along with KJ and James last year, but I think he's a little bit younger still on the uprise. Do you saw his, his C2 putting last year? I just think he's just going to keep getting better. And I think he has a full schedule this year. So I am going to go with Mr. Isaac Robinson. And then who I wonder, let's see if we can uh, guess who Clinton's going to pick. I'm going to guess. I have a I have a Barella feeling. I have a feeling Barella's coming up soon. I think he's going FPO. I wouldn't be shocked to see him grab uh, Evelina or Hen- oh, okay. Henna. I, I think I think he might uh, unless he's going to wait till the fourth round. But oh yeah, who did he he went he started Matteo and then he Matteo went and Kyle Klein. Okay, you're right. He probably will. There's still he could go own or. I feel like the FPO are the uh, – it's almost like they're the the tight end position in fantasy where if you don't get one of the top ones, you can just wait. You know, it's like, right, it's like I don't I didn't get Kels. All right, I, I can hold off. <laughs> yeah, or you make a mistake and get Darren Waller in the middle. <laughs> That's right. You either go for the top or you wait. No, he did pick Barella. Barella. Oh, dude, I had a feeling – but like Barella, I I like I just I had a feeling he was gonna go soon. Yeah, him taking Anthony Barella honestly helps me out a ton. Um because I would have had a much more difficult uh decision had he still been on the board. So so kind of I guess what I'm looking for now is you know like you guys had said earlier a lot of the high end MPO talent is gone. I do have my two FPO locked up. So I'm really looking for good value at this point. Guys who can on any given weekend pop off and give me a W, but guys who are not going to finish 80th and absolutely ruin a week for me. And the player that I'm going to go with really fits that mold. This is somebody who won one of the biggest events on the tour two years ago. Didn't win anything oh. last year. He had multiple top fives, finished in second. Uh, and this is just somebody that you don't see finishing really outside the top 40. Looking back at last year, I see 138, the 34th, but that's towards the end of the season. So, uh, for me, I mean, this is the guy who allowed Simon Lazat to come to MVP. I got to be going with James Conrad here. Uh, this is someone who's the definition of consistent. He's going to be there week in and week out, giving you a good solid finish, which is what I think my team at this point needs. Yeah, with you starting to FPO, starting with James Conrad as your number one, I think is a solid, solid way to start for the MPO squad. Well, that brings up to me 
and I am it's this kills me honestly because those of you that listen to Smashbox know I am a homer for own Scoggins but I'm gonna I'm gonna pass her up because I think that just more and more as you know she she is a, a master's eligible player and will probably win uh pro masters this year I'm gonna pass her up for Holland Hanley going that distance I'm gonna go distance because I think Holland she's young she's in shape mm-hmm. she she's playing almost every event because she's on tour for like the her second full season I think and I, I just believe that she is going to be she's probably not going to drop me below 15th at any point in the season and I think she has some real potential to win some events so I'm 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 sticking with Holland Hanley for my my first one um but my second I'm not sure who I'm going to pick I'm I'm, I'm going MPO I've got my eye on him another guy who who's going to be playing a ton of events he was so so close last year and a few different events probably my and I know he hates to hear this but my favorite videography shot of the year was this man almost in tears at Maple Hill. I'm going Corey Ellis. Oh, wow. I, he's, he's on the verge. He's right there. I think he's going to get at least one elite series win this year, and he'll probably bag at least one silver series. So Dude, my thing fully with you. Great pick. He's got the putting. He's got the arm. The, I think the, uh, I think this the is mental a, this, it's like almost like with Maria is where I'm at. It's just that mental game is kind of where I'm at with him. I'm, I'm already in my head excited that I'm hopefully going to be covering the event where he wins. Cause I want that dichotomy of last year. I got him <laughs> at his worst this year. I'm getting him at his best. It's going to be cinematic beauty. There you go. Get, get your guy. He's got the floor with that putting for sure. Okay, so I've got two names coming to mind right now. Um, mm -mm -mm. This is going to be tough. So, again, I still think what I need on my team is I need more consistency. I need somebody who can win events but is not going to kill me on a week-to-week basis, which let me just check one more thing. Hey, yeah, Um. Okay, so I'm going to go... You lean in, are you leaning MPO here? Yeah, it, it'll definitely be MPO here. Get, I don't just th- got to go with your gut. Yeah, I don't think I have to think about FPO for a minute um i'm gonna go with the guy who arguably has the most swag out on tour uh can throw the disc infinitely far uh mixed bag player this is somebody who uh, we saw get a win on the pro tour last year had a consistent season i trust him to continue to get better uh so i'm gonna be going with uh drew gibson here for a little bit of upside drew over simon yeah, I mean, at at this point, I just I don't trust Simon Lazat with MVP. I understand he's really good. He had an amazing season last year. I I don't trust it at this point in the draft. And I mean, Chris Clemens is really good, but uh, you know, I 
we've yet to see him crack through for that win on tour. And, uh, I, maybe if he's still there, but at this point, uh, Drew's, Drew's gotta be my guy here. Interesting. Yeah. I had Drew last year. He, uh, he started off hot. Let's see the last three events. He had like an average finish around like the forties. He had, I, I'm hoping he could bounce back this year, but yeah, he, uh, he should get off to a hot start at LVC for sure. And then Clinton is on the clock. He's definitely got to go FPO here. Um, this I bet is where he's going to take own, own, or maybe uh, if he doesn't take own, kind of looking at Ella Hansen for mine. No, he grabbed Simon Lazat. He did. Clinton's going heavy on the MPO. So I mean, there's a lot of good FPO talent later in the in the rounds. I mean, we still yeah. haven't seen either of the Europeans go. We haven't seen like there's still a ton of talent out there. There is, and you feel like you can keep pushing and keep pushing. So I am on the clock, and. I really want to go with Ella Hansen. She has been cra- her distance crazy. I love her bagel powered. This is might be a little fan part too, but I just love her energy. I love her bagel power. She just crushed the distance. Her her putting is is probably the biggest concern. She was at sixty nine percent C one X last year, which was fortieth, and um. I feel like a little, sometimes I watch her, she, uh, gotta get that, like, that pace down still. She can, she can, uh, gun it. But I really like Ella. I wanna, the only, yep, I'm gonna do it. I'm going Ella Hansen. She's gonna. Oh, I'm after you. My bad on that. I thought there was one more. So, I was, oh, yeah, you're I good. was getting my thoughts ahead of time. Um, yeah, I got, I have three MPO on the board. Uh, zero FPO. So definitely the time to pick up FPO. I, there's a lot of names that excite me. Um, a lot of good players left on the board, but I got to go one that one plays every single event in existence. Like I, I don't know one that she's not signed up for right now. Um, but also just, she's getting close to that win, but incredibly, incredibly consistent. Um, I'm going to go cat merch. I think that's a solid pick with Kat. Um, she, uh, I bet you this year she has a little bit more of a, a push to do well. She's been a little inconsistent up and down at times, but I think I think Kat is uh, she can throw she can throw the disc. Nobody's doubting that. It's just whether or not she can keep her head in the game. And uh, I think another year on tour, another year older, she'll get the she'll get this whole tour down. And uh, I, I think she's a real solid pick. She's she's one of those ones that I think is going to pop up and surprise some people this year. Yeah. And I, I want to reiterate, it's not necessarily, I'm, it's, I don't necessarily think she's going to get a big win this year. It's more if she just plays every event. And I think she, she's of that quality where it's like, okay, I know, I know I'm not going to get a crazy big blow up. I'm not going to get some 30th, 40th place finish in FPO. That'll really hurt me. I know it'll be quality finishes and sure. It might be a lot of, you know, sixth and sevenths and eighths, uh, 
but that sounds great at this pick in the fourth round uh, for someone who's playing every event. I don't have to sub them out. Uh, that, that is incredibly valuable. Okay. I'm loving how this is playing out for me. Uh Oh, <laughs> that's so, so scary. The Liz- I was hoping Lazat fell, but he gets me. So I won't get into him. I thought it was a pretty good pick, but in my next tier, I'm looking at Dickerson, who's I can count on um, in most situations, right? If he's if he's at the tournament, he's going to be good, uh, especially in the woods. He tends to skip events on the West Coast, which lean towards more open. He's going to miss LVC, uh, potentially more on the West Coast. If he skips anything, it's open courses. Um, so the guy I'm going to pick to bolster my depth on the MPO side is Adam Hannes, who, one, he's young. He has no other responsibilities. He's going to be on tour. He is – shoots 10-plus uh, rating points better on open courses than he does wooden courses. So I can count on him to fill a little bit of a, a gap when Dickinson's out of my lineup. Mm. Um, so I'm going with Adam Hammes with one of these picks. Uh, it's, it's interesting being on the end. Luckily, this is, we only have six teams in this draft, so I don't have to be like too scared of runs. Uh, but now I have to find Adam Hammes. The, the, the <laughs> dumbest stat about Hammes shooting 10 points above, uh, in open courses is that he's a Wisconsinite and he grew up on wooded courses. Like all of the courses he's played have all been mid-range wooded courses. So the fact that he plays better on open courses, he obviously has a cannon for an arm, but it just, it boggles me that he is not uh, more dominant in the woods. All right. So that's one. Uh, My team now has Wysocki Dickerson. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did I see a misclick there? Yeah. yeah. Like... Is there any way to undo that? Yep. Yes, there is. The manager can back up, can back the draft out in the off chance that somebody um, misclicked. So yeah, I, I definitely don't want Ooh. Brian Cook, whoever that is. <laughs> um, I see auto pick for current member. Do I? No, no. Is there? Isn't there an option there to 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 go back to? Let me see. All right, so while Is you're it... figuring that out, I'm going to figure out my second pick. Well, sorry, Johnny. Uh, would it be under the manager tool, Rip? No, it should be right under... I think it's right in the draft room in the lower right-hand corner. Um, there, there, there should be an area. Um, I wonder if I could share my screen with you or something in... No, no, you're right. There's, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. Uh, hold on one second. This, this is a good time for this to happen. Is uh, right. Getting with the, the with the man behind. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I think we can all have a gentleman's agreement at the at the worst case that uh, okay, we'll leave we'll leave Adam Hammes behind. Um, I don't think there's gonna be an issue of someone wanting to draft Brian Cook later in the draft. Uh, as far as I can see, there. Well, uh, yeah, I'll have to let Clinton know. So oh yes. Clinton's probably like, oh, 
gets to his pick coming up in round five and like can't believe no one picked adam hammis let me go ahead and uh don't mind if i do all right so i'm on the clock um we'll see if maybe we can yeah just leave him and maybe you could swap that out after yeah i get it i get it yeah that's fine uh just yeah hold on one second i mean you can go ahead and talk i'm just going to take a look at something in the back so Again, I think the I, – I have an anchor on FPO that I'm comfortable with. So I think I'm going MPO again here. Um, and I am going to take – I don't feel like he has a ton of upside. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I messaged Clinton, and he's like, don't worry, I had ha- Hamas on my do not draft list. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, that's uh, it looks like Quentin utilized utilized that feature, Johnny. <laughs> look, I, I think Adam Hamas is probably underrated. I already mentioned his schedule, and people may be already forgetting that he finished fifth in DGP standings in 2021, right? So, I think he has exhibited the upside to get. Uh, do you think? Uh, do you think having Barella on tour will help or hurt him? Having his best bud. You know, touring with them could be, I don't know, they could get young guys, young guys doing young guy things. Clinton Clinton, uh, thinks Burrell's going to have a big year. So why not Hamas too, right? That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I stand with you, Jason. I think, I think Hamas is a great pick. I mean, we're, that was the last pick of the fourth round uh, of six teams, but uh, he's going to bounce back, you know, in, in last year, he, I think he looked worse than he really was. He started off really slow to start tournaments, but doesn't matter how you start. It's how you finish. And he did finish a lot better uh, in events late in rounds and uh, do a lot better. And I feel like when I, he did struggle early, he kind of like checked out, you know, so like that could have accounted to some of those like bad, bad finishes. So now I already have a guy that I know is going to miss some tournaments. I mean, Sexton you can count on him scoring relatively well when he's there. I just don't think he's going to be, um, you know, in play enough. Um, so the guy I'm looking at actually at this spot to pair with Hamas, not Brian Cook at the turn here. <laughs> um, I think I'm going with, uh, I think I'm going to go with Chris Clemens. Wrapped it. Cleminade. But I'm definitely locking in Adam Hammes. <laughs> You're safe. Yeah. Well, Jason, you did it. You took you took Clemens. He was my next pick. Uh number one on my board. I wanted him bad. I think he is he is super good at finishing high. Uh his average finish for like the rest of the MPO players left on the board was like a good I think five to 10 higher than a lot of people just above 20. Um, and he, he's a solid player. I think he finished 11th in disc golf pro points, maybe like 12th or 13th, really, really high. Like that's something you want to see. And I think it just hasn't been in a flashy way, but that's not a bad thing at all. I was so excited about getting him. That was a great pick. You've right been getting there. sniped left and right. Evan. But getting <laughs> sniped. Yeah, that's okay. Cause there's more good players on the board. I'm going to go with another player who uh, plays a lot of events. That's kind of been my name of the game here. I'm really trying to, I don't want to do the substitutions. I know Jason's got this whole philosophy, uh, not, maybe not philosophy is not the right word, but whole game plan to like pair up players. And I think that's really smart. Uh, if you have it planned, 
I don't think I do. <laughs> so I'm going to go with players who play in a lot of events. And he had really big upside in 2021. 2022 kind of flattened out, didn't get worse, but didn't really uh, look, you know, like he was going to take that next step. Uh, and I think he might take that next step, but even if he stays uh, consistent as he is, uh, as he was last year, I am still very happy. So I'm going to stick with Ezra Aderhold. Okay. He does. He may, he's one of those guys who just makes every single event and, he plays a, every single event. Nice. One of the few players to do that last year. Um, and that's that's what I'm excited about. Quality finishes. Um I I think it's a it's a solid safe pick. Jason, yeah. who, who did you pick? You picked Hamas and who? Chris Clemens. Clemens. All right. Because I'm seeing Hamas on your board, but not Clemens. Oh, he picked uh Hamas and Cook. I made sure so, to lock in Hamas so nothing went wrong there. Clemens was uh, like my second. All right, I'm gonna. Editor. Well, I'm gonna tell Clinton not to draft Clemens then. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that confused me. I was like, wait a minute. I, I, okay, I, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so nobody drafts just... Clemens instead. Yeah, J- Jason was saying that in our uh, our chat here in this live call. Um, I DM'd on DM'd him on Twitter too, just to try to really block it. <laughs> All right. I just want to make sure your guy doesn't get sniped from you because uh, if I accidentally draft Clemens, I don't know if I'm going to give him back to you. So, all right. I think I'm on the clock. Let's see. I am definitely looking at MPO, and I think this is going to be a pretty easy pick for me. Uh, I'm going to go with my boy Alden Harris. I think... He is just a great golfer. I know he talked on Smashbox about like hitting the barn with his sister, working on that distance. So uh, I kind of want to pair him with my boy Isaac, go with that prodigy duo. And he's just one of those. He's just a great golfer. He was, let's see, I had him ranked in like side the top 25 last year in terms of fantasy too, and just always kind of slept on. So I'm going with Alden. I think once he gets that distance figured out, like if he just gives him some more circle and regulation numbers, he's going to be great. Let's see. Uh oh, he didn't see the Clemens. Hopefully, he doesn't take him. Own. Oh, there you go. He got. He got own with his first FPO pick. Just following Clinton's videos, I wanted to see if I could guess his picks, and I feel like I'm doing pretty good so far. <laughs> he got the Simon one threw me off. I thought he was going to get own then, but. Okay, so coming back to my pick now, I think there's some uh, a lot of good players out on the board. Of course, I think the ultimate strategy was hoping Chris Clemens would fall. That didn't happen. That's okay. The player that I'm going to take here, I think, is on is going to be on a absolute revenge tour this year. Um, oh, buddy! Relating it back to racing, you know, if there's one racer you don't want to go against, it's a pissed off Kyle Busch. If there's one disc golfer you don't want to go against, I, I think you don't want to go against a pissed off Nico Lacastro. Uh, I think this man, from what I've heard in our interview with Lone Star Discs the other week, that this man's coming in recentered, refocused, and this. This is somebody who histo- we, has played all the events, right? He has all the history that you want behind him, and 
he knows the courses. I he's been learning, loving the discs. This is somebody that you can pencil in for one win each year. It feels like, and uh, just hoping for some consistency. This is a little bit of upside, and uh, just hoping that the the pissed off Nico is is going to work out for us here in this round. Yeah, a lot of upside with that pick and. You know, I think the main concern is just if he could keep his composure throughout the whole year, you know? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> I think Nico's going to be fine this year. Um, and he, he has such potential still after years and years and years and years. So I, I think I think you'll be okay. Which leads me to my next player that I'm going to take the swing with. He He doesn't usually perform well early in the season but he is playing a lot. He is the DGA. Just making sure I got the right one. Yes. All right. Cool. Uh, I'm going with Andrew Marweed here. I think Andrew, Oh, nice. Andrew is such a stud. Uh, he, I mean, he, he doesn't miss a putt ever. And I just think that um, if he can get his early season issues down, he's not known for being a crusher, which is why, you know, the LVC tends to hurt him. Waco isn't so much of a crusher course, but then you got DDO. I got I got some faith in uh I got some faith in my Andrew Marweed pick here. And then we're gonna come back and I'm probably oh gosh, I don't pick for another like twelve picks. It's tough not to go FPO here, but I think that I can I think I can get away with it. What is your FPO squad looking like now? Well, Let's see. Right now I just have Holland Hanley. So I'm I'm still sitting with one FPO player, um, but I oh okay think, I gotta start checking out your squads. Yeah, I, th- I think I can. Yeah. Oh, that's so tough. Um. Yeah, I think I'm gonna stick with uh, an MPO player here, and another guy who's just again he, this he's a little bit swingy, but. He plays a ton of the events, him and Jess. Uh, I'm going double G. Double G. Now I'm just risking whether or not I'm going to be able to get uh, a, one of the two or three FPL players I got in my sights coming around in about 12 picks. So now... Yeah, he this didn't next pick. Did he make it to Europe? Sorry. Didn't know. He didn't make it to Europe. Double G, he, 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 does, did... he doesn't usually go overseas. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, yeah, this next pick is pretty easy for me. Bradley Williams, uh, he, we saw him on the tour a lot more last year, picked up a, a win uh, at the Preserve. Uh, this is somebody who's going to be out there a lot. He's a very good and competent disc golfer. I just see him as being another piece to the puzzle of of having those consistent players who have some upside. And then just do me one favor, guys. If you get a chance, and maybe tell Clint, just refresh your draft, Re- refresh your draft board on the page, and then you can. Uh, and, just, and then Jason, with that, and Jason's uh, roster might be right. Nice. With that, uh, Clinton did go ahead and pick Hannah Blomroos. Oh, uh, jealous of that pick. Yeah, that she was one of them. She was on my. You know, once you find the right database entry, it's just a number. <laughs> oh, yeah. Johnny got it. 
There you go. Got the switch. Oh, it's my pick. Who did who'd you take, Evan? I'm I'm after you. Uh Clinton went ahead of you and he picked Hannah Oh, Blowers. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He went henna. Oh, okay, okay. So I am on the clock. Let's see. Let's see. I'm switching between all these teams. I don't even know what my team's looking like right now. Okay, okay. I'm looking. See, Ellis is taken. I'm kind of okay. MPO, I'm looking at like Goose from Mason Ford. FPO, there's Evelina. That's the one. Ooh. So, just based on my roster right now. I'm liking, uh, I got hyped up with that Mason Ford video. All right. His, his, uh, the new mint, the bullet. And he's kind of, I kind of have him with Alden in terms of just like the smooth golfers. I'm going Mason Ford. Give that, get some consistency on the MPO side. I think that'll be a solid pick right there. All right. I, I heard you mention her name. So I'm going to go with her, Evelina Salonen. Yeah, And I'm excited for it because I think she's got a big year in store. I am a little bit nervous about how long her European stretch is. I actually haven't looked at schedules as much as I wish I would. It does look like she's playing everything up until we get out to California. And then she isn't signed up for those. So I'm going to miss a big chunk there. Hopefully she gets back soon after the European Open. Um, But I think it's worth the risk of schedule because... She was phenomenal last year with, I'm going to say it, not a good putter. Um, I think she's got to be working on that hard the offseason. She's a crusher. She's by far the best uh, best woman at driving the the disc. Like, there's nobody close. She is a top, one and only, best thrower on tour. Uh, and I just think she's going to put it together and be worth those events that she does play. There you go. High upside. If you stream those events missed well, you can make up for it. Just got to stream them right. That's right. I got some good combo picks at the end of my draft guide. If you're trying to uh, work out uh, who you should pair her with, you know, maybe you don't need that uh, that prep from Jason. You got my draft guide there for you. Fair enough. Let me let me open a quick tab. <laughs> just, let's see. All right. This is getting this is getting tough, right? There's so many decisions to so many possibilities now. Um one I'm seeing uh, Man, there's a there's a handful of names here that I I just not confident. There's a big tier, I guess you could call it right now. Um, what are what are the, some of the names you're looking at? Well, there's still some depth on the FPO side, but again, I'm at I'm at a at the turn, right? So I I have uh, ten picks between now and my next pick. Um, 
So there's some question about whether to shore up my FPO side. I already have four MPO starters that I'm fairly confident in that um, at this point, uh, I think I can fill with a bench uh, a little bit later. Um, so this gets a little tough, but I think I'm going to lean FPO here. And there's one name that I'm definitely going to snag. Even though I feel like she could slip in this draft, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not confident with you guys uh, around, and I should have looked at Clinton's and Matt's uh, rankings a little bit closer to know what they're thinking on this person. But I'm going to take uh, Sarah Holcomb. Uh, okay. Sarah, Sarah Holcomb is just solid overall, but she's another player that shoots – 10 plus points above her rating or above, above her rating on uh, open courses in the woods. So she's somebody that I'm confident in starting in that, in those spots. And she's scheduled for some silver series events that, uh, you know, there's, there's some risk in other top players skipping out on. So I'm going to pull Sarah Holcomb. All right. I think that's I think that's solid for your your silver getting some good FPO in the silver series. Yeah. Um that gives me Missy and Sarah. Like I said, I have those four solid MPO starters, I feel like, right now. So I don't feel like I need to reach on the MPO side right now. So now I feel like I can actually maybe snag some upside on the FPO. And there's two names that I'm just not confident in either. <laughs> so, so Haley King could be great, but she's playing an abbreviated schedule, right? I don't trust her to be available on a regular basis. When she's there, she's still a little volatile, but fairly confident in her scoring eye. And then there's Val Mandahano, right? who has that lingering high ankle injury. Mm -hmm. It's on her um, left foot, so her forehand plant foot. And I think she's she has a forehand, but I think she's probably stronger with a backhand. I mean, is she going to lose power on her putting, though? Because that's her push-off foot putting. And one of the reasons she scores high, it's not because she's throws far, it's because she's a great putter. Um, so for me here, because I just took Sarah Holcomb, she's going to be, uh, I, I can be confident in her in the woods. I think I'm going to go Haley King. And so when Haley King is, is in the lineup, I can be confident in that high score on the open. I'm gonna call Haley King here. It might be a little overreach, but I think just the that or the MPO side is a huge here right now that yeah, I can uh I can handle waiting, especially with the way my team's played out so far. So I'm going Haley King and Sarah Hokum at this turn. I hope people aren't having such a short term memory that they're like, yeah, she won a major, but what else? 
because their 2021 was something else. Uh, it was incredibly good. Uh, as a fan, I can't, I, I'm hoping that comes back. But that brings it over to me. I feel like I, I'm stuck in a, I don't want to say pickle. That's not the right word. I'm just like, I, I'm forking the road. Uh, it, but it's not, it's not one or the other. It's like eight different ones. Um, so I, I see a lot of valuable options uh, all across the board. But one, one does stand ahead, stand above the rest. Uh, and, you know, I was, I was a fan of this guy when he, when he first got that, uh, that podium and uh, high finish, maybe it wasn't a podium, but high finish out at OTB. Matt, you mentioned him just a minute or two ago. He might have been on your radar for this pick number 39, but I'm picking him at 38. Uh, and that is Aaron the Goose. Goose. I was Sage. just, yeah. I just feel like, yeah, he got his, he's starting to like get his game dialed and like just not making things too complicated. Oh, and, wow. and we saw him at Worlds and a lot of times you see, you see someone pop off at a big event and, and you maybe start to overrate them and think they're bigger than they are. But I think he was showing a lot of signs before then. I don't think Worlds was a one-time thing. I think he he's gonna have more of those. Yeah, especially like having the athletic like background, like his family and stuff too, dude. I think that plays a factor for sure in terms of just having that competitive mindset. So, like in terms of like like not just the stats, but people being gamers. Like uh, Ian Anderson was just talking about this with Cupcake. You know, like uh, he's a gamer. You know, so I I like competitive guys so i like that one he seems competitive but yeah he was uh i was looking at him from my mpo because i do see a lot of fpo that i'm still want and i think i'm gonna do this one for fpo upside and I was gonna do this for my girlfriend, Mace the Ace. I'm taking Macy Vela Diaz. I think she's got a lot of upside, and I think I won't have to worry about FPO too much for a bit after this. I'm gonna be off to a good start. Yep, I was hoping. I'm looking at like she was the one I was hoping was gonna fall. I figured, I mean, there was gonna be a run on FPO at some point, and then the minute I I I, I skip it on my turn. The last five out of six have been FPO practically, I think. So, and she was just, the one I was really hoping would fall to me. So, yeah, her, Holland, and Ella. I'm just like they got some cannons. So I don't. I just like it. I was looking at Maria, but I, 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 I didn't think Macy was gonna be, make it back to me. I really wanted her. So she's got a good schedule this year. I yep. think that's. We were just talking about it with Haley. She's going to be a nice breakout. You know, it's one of the big things that's all about that schedule. And and she seems pretty committed to hit a lot of the events. I think she's skipping out on West Coast, but hitting a lot of things otherwise. And you can still get a a good amount of events. And we got Clinton in with his pick. Clinton Vino. I'm surprised he didn't go Antela there. I've seen him pretty high on uh, Antela. So I'm actually kind of surprised he went Vino over... Ansela. Is that the first European off the board? MPO? Oh, it's Simon Lazat, Mr. Can't forget him. He doesn't, he doesn't count anymore. <laughs> he doesn't count. Hey, I, I got enough flack for that that I, I always got to remember. But when, yeah. when, when you buy a house in the U.S., you no longer count as overseas talent. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He's got a, he, he's got a, a U.S. resident son, so he's U.S. citizen. In. Citizen, yeah. yeah. 
not not only resident, not a resident, yeah, citizen. But, but yeah, I, I'm a little surprised on that. I figured Antelo would be would be number one. Vino, I mean, he's no slouch, but he didn't feel like he had had the I don't want to say quality, but definitely upside that Antelo has for sure. I th- I thought I thought that was going to be his pick. Um, okay, so coming back to me, I've got four names on the list, and I just looking around the rest of the teams kind of leads me to make this pick here. I'm going to go with Maria Oliva. She's a up-and-comer in the FPO field. Uh, I would expect her to be at events. If Kristen's not there, she can fill in for her. Uh, just give me more security there. She finished you know, inside the top 12 in points last year. I, I think she's just going to continue to get better and better. And coming really off that big win at Go Hill. True. Yeah, phenomenal pick. Yeah, I think I said this on the podcast. Maria scares me just a little bit because of her fluctuation. You you have to hope that you know when Tatar's not playing that she's going to have her on week because there are there are weeks where she will just finish in you know twenty fifth place in the FPO field. Just something doesn't click with her sometimes, but she's got all the talent you need. So. That brings up my swing picks. I have to go FPO now at this point. There's no question about it. So the other person here in my favorites that I, I had sitting, and she is the Silver Series queen, Lisa Fakus. Hey. Lisa plays a ton of events. She's a great putter. I, I don't expect her usually to finish, you know, extremely well at the Vegas events, but she almost won the the uh she almost won the match play last year. You know, she was she was pushing all the way to the very end with own, and I, I think that Lisa is with a new sponsor now. I think she's gonna have something to prove, and I believe that she's gonna have a, a pretty good season. I, I wouldn't be shocked if she took down a Silver Series this year as well. Um, I, I don't ever locked in for any Elite Series events, at least not wins, but I'm, I can hope. That moves me on to my next pick. And I don't know if I should go with a, a, a back-to-back FPO or go with my next MPO pick. Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, God, there's so many, so many good players here still. Um, I, there's a lot of value, I think, on the FPO side still. Yeah, there, there is. And I'm, I mean, I was looking at Antela. I didn't even look at his schedule, to be honest. I haven't grabbed, I haven't really looked. He's, he's, I mean, he's hitting up to Cascade up in May, and then he goes overseas. And I think he's going to come back after the European Open. I'm going to, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with Antela here. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Nicholas Antela. I'm going to lock in my early season so that I, I jump out to an early lead on all you fools. (laughs) <laughs> and then I can just kind of coast through the middle of the season. <laughs> yeah, I like it. That makes it a little bit easier for me now that I don't have to consider that person. So for me, um, I'm going to keep things moving. I won't 
take too much time on this one. I'm going to go with Brody Smith. I, this is someone who hasn't been playing disc golf for a very long time and has shown that he's got immense talent in the sport. He continues to get better year in and year out. I mean, this is around the time frame that he's expecting himself to make another leap and be winning tournaments, being competitive at events. So for me, this is somebody who, if I'm projecting forward, I'm projecting good things for Brody Smith and he's going to play a ton of events. So, uh, great depth piece has upside all all the check marks for me right now yeah ton of upside with brody certainly the the question is always is his putting True. he has to he has to make sure that he he's consistent because he hasn't been in the past he's got kind of a little pitch putt um and i mean you can count on him on probably at vegas and ddo all those big wide open courses that guy's got a cannon on him But he plays. He plays a lot too. He's available. I I think that's a good pick. He was he was on my board. I was hoping he would uh stay, but I know I have a feeling Clinton's gonna go FPO here. He's got to. I think he's just got own. I mean, Mondahano's still on the board. Oh, he's no, got Hannah. He he's got Hannah. Okay, so he he has an open starter spot for both MPO and FPO. Oh yeah, we're getting to we're getting to the the nitty gritty. I mean, yeah, Mondahano can hope for like a uh, rookie of the year situation with her ankle, and now she's throwing further after her injury. I mean, there you go. He <laughs> took her, dude. Now that you said that, I was like, it, oh wow, yeah, she hasn't been picked yet. That, that's, man, I was holding injury, my breath for a long time. I. I almost picked her instead of Gossage, and I'm like, can she make it? I hope so bad. And then I was feeling like she was, but Quentin, you took Maria Oliva, which was my backup plan, and then you took Bro, and I was just like getting punched. I'm like, no, let Val stay. But I think Matt, you would have taken him, taken her too. So, yeah, that- yeah there's the, that's the hard thing with Val. Like she just, you know, you don't know if it's going to be after the Texas swing or how, how that ankle is going to react. I mean, that's a high ankle sprain. And I mean, she, she could literally be out till after champions cup. That wouldn't shock me at all. Or she could go Mahomes and just power through. Well, there's no super bowl waiting for her. So she'll probably take it easy. I mean, I, I don't know how accurate it is, but I saw that she's registered for Vegas. I don't know if it's just, she's holding on to it until she, you know, drops a couple of days before. Yeah. She, probably the likely. Yeah. She'll drop. I'm sure she'll drop a couple of days before. She probably registered before the injury is my guess. Mm-hmm. early on in the season with uh, yeah, the she was on the Johnny Disc Golf podcast and said she wasn't even considering anything to wake up. Wow. And I think that's but, optimistic honestly, but I, I would agree but yeah. I was being then reverse optimistic that it would actually no, nah, she's good by Vegas. But I I don't have her so I hey, you know, I I'll rest that. it. Take it easy, come back stronger than ever after Champions Cup or around then. Give it time. Yeah, well, Matt's thinking about his pick. I'm going to shout out the, I think it's called Joe's Disc Golf uh, YouTube channel or podcast. You know, he is a physical trainer by profession, and he did a good breakdown of her injury and what what realistic expectations are. So I would recommend people go check that out. Would you say Joe's? Joe's Disc Golf. I think it's just called Joe's Disc Golf podcast or Joe's Disc Golf whatever that's awesome i love that they're you know very cool yeah that we have so many options for podcasts these days you know every it it, no matter what type of style you want there is a podcast out there for you uh and we're getting to that point where you know quote unquote real sport where we have 
a breakdown of injuries and things like that with with different podcasts because that's nothing that Smashbox is going to do because I don't know squat about injuries. <laughs> right, have that ESPN injury analyst. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about um before the show, like di- um a couple podcasts. There was like a up and down, yeah, the up and down that was on a uh, Stat Mando, and then there was mm-hmm. also like Disc Golf Hour that wasn't Brody Smith's Disc Golf Hour. Um. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of them. So what are you yeah, saying, with, Matt? You're, um, you're so next. yeah, my pick. I am looking at. I'm gonna take the bazooka. Um, he made, I think, every skip base event last year. Obviously, the putting for sure is is the concern. And uh, Goat Hill didn't make me feel a ton better, but I just think his availability and the cannon should be at this point i'm looking at getting another guy who can play a lot and still bomb so yeah i'm looking at albert that brings up me are are you guys ready for this hot take you ready for it? yes we we already set the condition that we're we're talking about europeans who uh don't reside in the u.s don't own a house so that's off the table although I will consider Simon a European. Uh, I'm picking who I think will have the best MPO season for a European this year. And that is Mr. Linus Carlson. Oh. Uh, came oh so close at MVP. Uh, he he didn't have the, the Corey Ellis just overshoot on the upshot. His was on the drive. So he got taken out very early on that last hole, but he was tied going in that final hole. He was in the same position as Corey Ellis going into that hole. He was also up, up top at several other events. I think he has it. He's just feeling it out. He feels like a little bit newer to kind of being a, a big European name. Uh, but I think this is his year and I'm feeling pretty good. And what I like about him more than other Europeans is I see him playing California West coast events. And that is big to me. Cause that's like, that's five or six events. If you're counting like zoo town on the back end, um, that super valuable and you don't have to find a sub for. All right. So this is exciting. I, I sweated that, uh, a little bit. My heart actually elevated, uh, might just be because I'm one of the older people on here, but I'm Easy, gonna buddy. go. Easy. I think I got you. <laughs> I'm gonna go with a guy that can fill the gap that Chris Dickerson's leaving at LBC. And surprisingly seems to be filling a gap at the European Open. Is going to be playing uh Silver St- Silver Series in the uh, Northwest. I'm thinking Nate Sexton. Hey. Oh, there you go. It was about time. I great, like it. Yeah. It's a great fill in right there. Honestly, with, with Nate is Mr. Consistency. I think Jason's saying it's more than a fill in though. I think it's going to be a, a usual starter that sometimes we'll have to get subbed out. Yeah. I mean, super, super confident in making him top, you know, finishing top twenties. Uh, you know, obviously he's going to cash or probably going to cash. Right. So, very, very good depth pick for my team. I already have a great upside team. Now with, uh, you know, 
Chris Dickerson and Nate Sexton, yeah, they're not going to be at every event, but I can mix and match there uh, if I have to. Uh, I think I have great depth between Chris Clemens and Adam Hammes. Uh, and just, yeah, super happy with where that team's at right now. Uh, he was he was actually in the same – I had him in the same tier as Brella, Gibson, Clemens, Hammonds, Ellis. I had him up there. It's just how the, how the team plays out, you know, whether, whether it makes sense to pair him with anybody. So um, when he's going – uh, above guy, or when he's left after guys like Vino and Ford and Carlson, uh, Tam, I'm, I, I felt good about that. So now I have basically no clue what to do with this other pick. Um, uh, one idea that I think I'm going to go in on is Jen Allen. You know, when King isn't there. Jen Allen can fill in that uh, that bomber course uh, starter. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's going to give me, you know, some good depth, good upside. Fairly confident in her in those uh, open situations. So I, I think uh, I don't have a better idea right now. I'm going Jen Allen. <laughs> there you go. And that brings up me. I I think I'm going to go FPO here. Again, I I really wished I got Val so late. That was close. Uh, I was super excited for that. And I feel like the value compared to Val is nowhere close. And it almost hurts to pick up just a few picks after. Um, I feel like that's kind of... Uh, What's the phrase for that? I'm trying to think of what it is, but I can't come up with it. Uh, so, well, <laughs> there's a maybe. better phrase I know. Yeah, but like it hurts to be like, oh, three picks later. Um, I mean, not. I, I, it's gonna sound like I'm discrediting them, but uh, I'm looking at the number five inverted points player from last season of both divisions from all events. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people are gonna play playing more events, so I think she might drop down a little bit. But I think it's a really, really good value pick to have it be a consistent, like it's going to be my third FPO starter, and I think it's great. I'm going to go Jessica Weiss. Okay. I thought you were going Alexis Mondahano. Uh, that would have been another good one, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Alexis wasn't fifth in inverted points last season. So, okay. <laughs> uh, that's where I wanted to go. Um, uh, yeah, I think there's, I think there's a few options. Like, I would, if we're talking about like tiers and like how good a player is, I think she falls in in a, a tier with a lot of other players, including Alexis Mandahano. Uh, but this is really where I want to go. Someone who's playing a ton of events. Uh, I think Johnny V, you picked Garrett Gerthy because of this too. And they traveled together. They hit all as many silvers as possible. I think I'm going to get a ton of value at playing every single week. And I don't think she really blows up. I don't, I'm not going to pick her to win. I don't think she'll get a ton of podiums, but I do think she'll get around that 10th to 15th place pretty consistently. And I'm really excited for that. Yeah, she's got a lot of talent. She can play both sides, you know, forehand, backhand. Her, like a lot of people, her weakness is her putting. She needs to stick with a consistent style, find something that works for her. Um, but, you know, on the fairways, there is, you know, she's almost got that Ricky scramble ability to me. She can get out of any place. It's just when she gets near the basket is when I start to worry about uh, Jess. 
I am looking at just like now that we're talking about Alexis, I'm like, oh, like I feel like she's a good value here, but I like the way that my I like the way that my FPO stacked so far. I got Paige, Macy, and Ella off the start. But, dude, I think the value on Alexis is too good to pass. Consider Looking at the other MPO players I'm looking at, I'm going to go with Alexis, get the sister. I know she's got a good... Um, she's, not, she's someone that doesn't have to worry about the, the putt as much. She was, what, She's like third last year, seventy-seven percent. Fourth inside the circle. Yeah, I think she is too good of a value. To, uh, my FPO is pretty stacked, but I, I, uh, I can't pass her up right here. Now Clinton's up. He is. Clinton. You know how does? Uh, let me take a look at Clinton's team once. Right now he's sitting with. Uh, Matteo, Barella, Klein, Lazat, and Vino. So he still needs one more MPO starter, but his FPOs are own Henna and Val Mondahano. So we have to assume maybe he's going MPO here to get that final starter. And if he's going to do that, what... I could see him going like a Luke Sampson. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I just feel like a Luke or maybe uh. I could maybe see like a, a Gavin Babcock. I, I think a, yeah, like a, a upside early. or a Rathbun. Like I could see him going upside mm -hmm. here. Cole, I bet she's gonna go Cole Rendalen. Yeah, like I could Ooh. see an upside MPO. Is we're starting to get to that point where it's like, yeah, you want some upside. Yeah, what is Cole's what is Cole's schedule looking like this year? Oh, he went Jason Jake Hebenheimer. Oh he no, he with, didn't. He didn't he he went, went the Hebenheimer. I I was I was ready to pick Ebenheimer like six in six rounds because I didn't think anyone was. Uh, he, he he went down the board a little bit. What's Ebenheimer rated go. right now? I think that's I think that's a great pick. His PPI I mean, was ridiculous. Like his throwing numbers were crazy. Ten twenty one mm -hmm. is what he's rated, and right now in MPO we still have. Now we're I'm not including the the people who aren't touring, uh, but. You know, we've still got some 10:30 guys. We've got, you know, 10:27. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, he uh, Hebenheimer averaged 10:24, a 10:25 if you round up actually last year. Uh, one of the highest round ratings uh, that I'm seeing left. There's not a lot who are higher who who have played, let's say, more than like 15. He had quite a events. few top yeah. 10 finishes, I believe, as so well. That's that's our that's one of our our first early reaches, and then uh, chain clankers. You go with Emerson Keith. Yeah, uh, I, I'm really surprised that Emerson Keith is still on the board. Uh, just talking to him a little bit and the guys over at Lone Star, I think he has a new, uh, passion for disc golf and is excited to be playing again. And, and he has done well so far in the events he's played this year. And I just think he gives you, gives my squad another consistent piece where if he gets back to form where he's making lead cards and is on coverage more, it's a fantastic value pick here and allows the bench to be high upside guys at this point. Not so much a play person. Did he have something going on with his son? Yes. Like he had a family thing yes. going on yeah, all last year. That... Yeah. 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 I didn't know the full details, but is that like in the past or I don't. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I hope it's better. I think it's better as time has gone on. Because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure there was a point where it was like, hey, he might actually like lose this this child. I think they've gotten past that stage and things are on the up and up, which, I mean, has got to do a lot for your mental health and being out there. Exactly. I, th- I think he, his focus will be back a little bit more this year with the new sponsor, family issues hopefully kind of behind him that he he's going to come back. I know he had an off season, I feel like, last year, but I think this year... He, he, he's one of those high upside players. Yeah. Um, we're moving on to me. I am looking at the guy who I just spoke about. I, I can't stand this kid. He seems like he's really nice. He throws a mile and he's got the whole, he's got his whole life in front of him. So for all those reasons, I can't like him too much. Uh, Cole Radalin, what a Cole. great, great kid. He's playing a ton of events. And I think that in general, he, He's going to be a solid one. And it didn't really matter. Obviously, I'm on the swing, so I can pick both times. But I'm going to get my kind of what I consider my sleeper pick. And I know we're at her right now to to, to close it out. Can I guess? Go for is it. Is it Cy? It is Cy. That's I had pick. a feeling. Yeah, I've, I've, I've lined her up in any draft that I'm going to do. I think Cy is going to have a great season. She's never really toured before, which is my only worry. Um, and But I think she's putting forth a, a, at least a full first half season tour. And she's so good, and it's so, <laughs> and you always see her on like the second or third card, but she's rarely fighting for first. But she's so consistent. I I, I have a really good feeling about her this year. I think that uh, I'm I'm not upset to have her as my final starter. I I also want to go back to that Cole Dolan pick, and I think that was one of the best signings of the off season. Uh, like under the radar signings more of obviously I'm not going to compare it to MVP getting Simon. Uh, but uh, I, I think Cole's a phenomenal player shot up on the scene in 2021, 2022 kind of felt like he was changed sponsors, finding things out. And I think he's going to come back into his own this year and he can throw far and he's DJ and he is he's DGA, right? This year. Yep, that is correct. Yeah. And then, uh, Oh, so chain clankers followed up with another young guy, a little possibly injury prone, Gavin Rathbun. Uh, I wouldn't say injury yeah. prone. Has had a shoulder issue. That's, yes, yes. Yeah. I I think the rationale behind that one is you're expecting Rathbun to be healthy coming into this year. I mean, before he got injured, we had a ton of expectations for this guy. He was playing really well. Gets injured, couldn't. I, it kind of same thing with Eagle, except Eagle went back to greatness and only played in limited events. Rathbun attempted to play when he could and he was healthy and he could get through it. He finished inside the top 20 when he couldn't. Uh, he, you know, either didn't, had to pull out or was sitting at any 50th, 70th, something like that. So I'm expecting Rathbun to be healthier. And if we're getting a healthy Rathbun, I think this is again, tremendous value, high upside. Uh, this is a kid that I, I really think can be good. And I feel like I'm starting to have a theme where I'm picking players that have been on our show before. And, and yeah, he, he's, he's a great guy. And so, uh, you know, yeah, I'll give him the nod. Yeah, he had a ton. Of, it was like a torn shoulder labrum, I believe. But yeah, hopefully he's hopefully he's back to 100%. Yeah, like I know when we talked to him, he said he had to sit, sleep, sitting up in a chair for over a month. And I was like, that sounds actually oh awful. Right. wonder if he's going to take the other Gavin. We got Clinton on the clock. There's still Babcock. Maybe he'll go Brian Cook. Who knows? 
<laughs> this is getting tough. There's a lot of good names who tore, who are good, who probably aren't going for a win. A podium is maybe in reach, um, but are kind of finishing around that 30th place on average. And there's a lot of them that are like that, at least an MPO FBO is probably more of that uh, 15th to 25th place. Just a lot of names. Uh, and it's going to be tough to kind of pick them apart. Oh, I was um, just hope- looking at him and he vanished. That's because Clinton picked Thomas Gilbert. Hey, okay. Thomas Gilbert. He, he, he passed up a few guys that were more higher rated. Your Andrew Presnell, Evan Smith. Uh, but honestly, you know, Gilbert's going to tour, so you don't really have to worry about him. I mean, even Paul Eulabari was, I think, slightly higher rated. Oh, maybe not. Maybe the, uh, Andrew Presnell as well. So, yeah, I'm honestly looking at Pres. I'm, I'm on the clock. I'm looking at Presnell. He's a Missouri guy. So I'm kind of leaning that way. And he's just, he was my, um, Tobias Harris, you know, the guy that like nobody wants to take but he provides solid mid-round value. So, like, I'm leaning. And then going back to Gilbert, he's switching to to T- TSA Gilbert. So we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see how the, uh, t- like, Maria and Thomas on I mean, TSA this year. TSA is basically an open bag. You have to throw mm-hmm, right. a couple TSA discs, but ultimately yeah. I think you have an open bag to throw. So it'll be interesting to see him, because I think he's going to go back to some of his Innova stuff. That he that he loved before Prodigy. Okay. Yeah, he, just reliable stuff that he knew and was confident with can go right back to it. I think it's so, a good move for him. Yeah, Matthew went with uh, he did go with Prez. So I now, did go with Prez. Yeah, now we're looking back at Evan. Yeah, I like that. I Prez was one of the few guys I was uh, searching around, but I'm gonna go someone who got hot at the end of last year. I'm gonna go with Diesel D. Deanne Carey. Uh, she had a little <laughs> bit too many 20 plus finishes for my liking early on the season. But what I really like is that back half, uh, starting a lot better 10th at D uh, sorry, 15th at D 10th at mid America. But then I see eighth at GMC fourth at MVP and then followed it up by having, uh, what is that? Six straight first and second place finishes at kind of off season eight tiers though, uh, which is incredible. It's not like she's playing a, a local flex start. She's getting the win at uh, big eight tiers with solid fields. So I, I got to go and make this pick, but um, I, I like what I'm seeing from her. All right. So I definitely have some interesting choices to make here. Um, I think a guy, I don't have a lot of, Upside guys late that people have been picking. Um, but I think I'm going to snag the guy that shoots 20 points higher in the open than he does the wooded. So, you know, his overall rating um, doesn't reflect that upside. I'm going with Tristan Tanner. Hmm. And because because I am on the turn here, I have the luxury to pair him with somebody that's a little bit safer, especially in the woods. I'm going Greg Barsby. There it is. 
Greg is definitely waiting for the Barsbarian to go. (laughs) Infamously a late season player has, I think, literally said in interviews, I don't even really care about the early season because it's not his style of courses. And, And he is kind of not really kicked in the gear until Worlds is in sight. But that was before we had Champions Cup, which is another major. So maybe he gets his gears in a little bit earlier this season, these seasons now. But uh, that guy is ageless, man. And he loves, doesn't he love Europe? So like, he does. is he going to be doing more of those like uh, yeah. Europe events? You know, te- Texas get, get him. too. He's going to be familiar with that. I think a wooden major to start off the, the year. I'm not really counting on him to to fill in in the, uh, you know, LBC or the West coast. Um, but definitely has some potential value. Yeah. Yeah. Get him off camera and ask him about Europe. He has, he's got some good stories. That's what I was like. I bet he does. I bet he does. Uh, who uh, it's a uh, jank. Avery Jenkins loves Europe too. Doesn't like him and Greg both. I feel like I've heard love going over there. Well, I'm going to go with, uh, Mr. Massachusetts himself, representing the hometown. We shared a home course for a little bit. Uh, Mr. Casey White. Hey, yo. I'll be curious what holds. I mean, he had that that hot Champions Cup round. Um, I feel like last season he, he thought it was going to be better than it maybe ended up being. Um, but he's just right there. Again, plays a lot of events. This is my, this is my bench spot. I want someone who I can be trustworthy, that I can plug him in, uh, have a solid finish. Uh, and hey, I get the upside too. I like it. Uh, kind of going along with that theme of plan a lot. I'm looking at oh, who was I just looking at? I'm looking at Luke's. Yeah, either, I was looking at Big Germ or Luke, and I kind of want to go Luke. I like. Luke Sampson, he had mentioned training with Ricky this offseason, and and uh, you always hear about his work ethic. So, like, I just he's always grinding out there too. So I could just see him playing like a like crap ton of events. So just think a end of the bench kind of guy. Luke will be a solid pick. Now we're back over to Clinton. And then we're back to Clinton. So now he's wide open because he's got all of his starters filled and an MPO on the bench. He can go anywhere with this. Quentin, do you know uh we still got there? Do you know what you're going? Do you, do you have an idea of what you're going with coming up? Yes, yeah, so I have Two to three names. Uh, very trying to make sure that uh, they're actually playing events <laughs> this year. That's an important. That's an important move. That always helps. I mean, you you can say that. I mean, he's not listening to our Zoom. Who are you looking at? But you might be listening. I'd like to I get am. both of them. To be honest, oh, you're right. You're right. It's I'm gonna I'm 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 coming through on the swing. So he's pr- probing for you. All right, all right. I will say that is why I took oh, – shoot, I just closed my tab. Uh, Maria Oliva, when I did, was because I did look at your team and knew that you needed FPO. And I, I already liked Oliva. I was gonna, I was intending on taking her, but that just kind of helped 
pull the trigger, which I just think is like, like not to like dog you or anything like that, but just like for people still listening this far, like a very good draft strategy is like, look at the people around you. What do they have on their team? If you're sitting in my position, you have two FPO players. You could use a third in case Kristen's not playing or whatever ends up happening. You need a third to start anyway. So you might as well have someone that's good there. And you see someone that has, uh, less on their team and you and something that i really think is important is you don't want to be at the end of the run and just take someone because you feel like you have to take someone because everyone else has but like you have your tier list of players and if that person still falls in your tier then yeah absolutely grab them yeah clinton oh uh, he took page shoe oh good pick i was one i knew she, she was wasn't gonna... on my radar she was not on your radar Oh. I didn't even think about that. That's um, on me, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I was gonna say that's she. She was she. She was she was sitting. Uh, in, she was on my list of my next one for sure. She was. I don't think she was gonna be my next one, but she was in my favorites. I, I have. Yeah. I have one more person who I think, um, ahead of her. Oh wait, who did you go with, Jane? Oh, you went with the Babcock. You yeah, went, yeah. Babcock's gonna play a ton of events. Kids hot. Uh, getting a new deal with Discmania. He's been on the podcast before. I, I the trend continues. If guys on the podcast, I keep drafting <laughs> at this point. He's yeah. been leaning, uh, leaning down too. I think he's changing his workout to focus less on mass and more on disc. Uh, I'll be sad to see those thighs go, man. That guy's got quads <laughs> for Same. days, man. That guy, we'll um, we'll always have the ace rundown video. That's that's true. And Gavin, I mean, he finished really well at all the majors. He just didn't perform well at the elite series. He's I mean, he could have a, a really good breakout. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am going to... Oh God, I can't believe Paige she went. Damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am going to pick up an FPL player, someone who is playing a, a lot of events, and she's not going overseas, so uh, I'll have to figure something out for the Europeans. But uh, Rebecca Cox is Ugh. is very consistent. Um, she ha- She has her new form down if you're watching on any sort of socials yeah she's she's completely revamped her throw which is awesome to see not a lot of people can can really pull that off and she has she had some sort of kind of funny hitch before but it's looking it's looking really really good now so now we're gonna move over and i'm gonna look at one of the mpo players he just got demoted on Discraft, so I think he's going to have a little bit of passion. I'm going to go Ben Calloway for this one because mm-hmm. Ben as well. He's you know if you look at his upcoming events, he is he's a full season guy now. You know where for the longest time Ben Ben's been a, like known commodity here as a crusher in the Midwest mm-hmm. kind of area for a long time, and now and now he's actually out and about touring. It's really good to see. I think he's got a few more good seasons in him, so I'm grabbing Ben. Yeah, I really like that pick, actually. That was someone that I had definitely spent a fair amount of time looking at. Um, yeah, this player is not signed up for a ton of events so far. But when I look at my team, I've got two guys on the bench who are going to be playing more events. So I, I feel like I'm to the point where I'm not necessarily worried about taking someone who's going to be playing everywhere. I'm looking for upside. And and I think this player gives me a ton of upside. This guy's an absolutely sharpshooter out on the course. Uh, Raven Newsom is someone from circle two, who's just absolutely (laughs) deadly 
Um, I literally just favorited him. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is someone who, again, like Rathbun, dealt with injuries last year. He's now coming back off of those injuries. And and if he plays the way he did in 2021, this is the ROI on this pick is going to be there. Easy peasy. And the trend continues. Another former podcast guest. And we'll see how many more I can pull out of my hat for the rest of the rest of the draft. Oh, I got I got guests for days, buddy. Four hundred and forty episodes in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Johnny doesn't even have to think about it. Everyone on the list has been well, on. That's the sad part. I do have to think about it. I have to go. Like, God, how long ago was that? <laughs> Jesus, I'm old. I'm gonna have to listen to that Raven Newsom. Uh, I didn't know he was on Chain Clickers. I I love me some Raven Newsom. Yeah, I mean the literal the entire topic was. Circle two putting, how to get better at it. Dude's an absolute sniper out he there. He is, yep. Ugh. All right, we got Clinton on the clock. Before. Now, question for you guys. Maybe I missed this earlier. Is there, how do you filter for uh, MPO and FPO? Is that an option? Yeah, if you just up in the search, type in FPO, oh, it'll only show you FPO. Clutch. Thank you, sir. You can also filter by PDGA number. Oh, nice. Not that, any, not that anyone does, but if <laughs> if you happen to know someone's PDGA or if you're that big of a fan, you can do that. It's amazing watching, uh, going through these drafts again and again. I'm seeing little uh, features that I can implement that I, for whatever reason, I didn't think of uh, in the beginning of the season. This is this is the first year with a do not auto pick option. And I think what I want to do next year is have an option up where it says show picks players, have an option to hide your do not uh, auto pick. Because as you know, mm. the top of your list now is probably four, five, six guys who you're probably not going to pick no matter what. So mm-hmm. if there's an option just to hide them, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the features that I, I've already put on my to-do list for next year. Right, you may not auto pick them, but you might accidentally uh, click them anyway. Well, hope all is well with Clinton. I'm sure he's thinking hard. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. no, he's probably st- <laughs> stuck. There's a couple upside guys I'm looking at. Oh yeah, I mean, I, what uh, Clinton's playing? I mean, yeah, Matt's next. Evan, then he's he's not getting to me, so I can talk about him probably. I can't believe no one's picked Kale yet. I was, I mean, I think Kale, the guy playing disc golf master's door. He is, but look at, look at the events. I mean, he's got a few DGBT events in him and the dude, I mean, he had the, one of the longest cashing streaks in history. I, I don't know how, um, he, he's one of those guys that you would, you would put him over most of your starters when he's playing, you know, he's, there's sure. only probably about 10 guys you you would put in. The problem is how often is he going to play? So, I mean, I, I think the fact that, Kale is still on the board to me is pretty amazing. I mean, I'm not going to try to argue with you. Kale is fantastic. <laughs> I, I will say, I do think I would start all six of my MPO starters over him. Really? I mean, if I'm like Burr, Freeman, Kevin Jones, Aderhold, Gossage, Linus Carlson. Oh, you're wrong. I think you're wrong with Aderhold. I, I okay, go, that's fair. That's go, the fairest one. I go Kale over Aderhold just for consistency. When he's playing. Because we've seen Aderhold have, you know, Really great rounds and really bad rounds. Kale is just consistent, man. That guy, and he's the best looking guy on tour. Come on, in his forties, not fair. <laughs> I am not arguing with that part, though. Th- those those uh, genetics. Now that you say it, I think I I might have to agree. If I had Kale, and 
Adar Hole playing the same event. Maybe depend. Adar Hole would have to be on a hot streak, I guess. But yeah, I, I could see that. I just venue, venue dependent. Adar Hole exactly. is, is is ten plus rating points over his typical on the open courses, and oh. Kale is vice versa yeah. in the woods, right? Like, yeah, hey, sounds right. It's a good pairing. Ooh. <laughs> Not gonna lie, this was my this was my next up on my list. Big Jeremy Germ? Coling from Clinton. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna say this, uh, but I know Matthew, you're on the clock. Uh, Germ's one of those guys that had everyone's been talking about the decline of him past his prime. I'm not gonna argue with that, but he's been talked about so much that I think he's now underrated. Um, I'm not expecting him to go out for a win. But I, I had him last year in fantasy. He was fantastic, kind of back of the starting uh, starting lineup, just quality finish after quality finish. Sure, there were some in like the, maybe the 50s, but that's not all that bad from your last starter. So I think it's a good pick. Now, now Johnny's got kale in my head for sure. Uh, see, that's the, that's the play right there. I, I, Bruh, I, but- I, I, I push it. Have I talked to you recently about my good friend uh, Kim Scott Wood from Canada? <laughs> you haven't, but uh, I'm not hearing it, Johnny. I'm Two not time hearing Rochester it. Two-time Rochester Flying Disc Open winner, I believe. Yes, he is. I'm looking at yeah, like I had Raven Newsom lined up, ready to go, but there's also Yuli. I'm, I'm interested in what Yuli Berry is going to do this year. Bouncing back from me, he had an injury plagued year last year. I think he's going to have a lot better year. Ugh. Yeah, that's the that's the only issue with Yuli is whether he can just stay healthy. Honestly, at this point in his career, um, you know he's going to tour everywhere because he's doing all the Joe Mez coverage, so he's going to be at practically every event. Um, and he's he if you ask him, he's ready for his major. I know he is. I know he. Is. Yeah, it's just that he he's hit. Yeah, those injuries. You got me thinking, Kale, man. I don't know, Chandler Kramer's on a on a tear. I mean, That's another one. I was a little down on. See, now I'm going to convince you of everybody else until Kale gets back to me. See, I convinced myself. There you go. And... <laughs> Dude, Kale's schedule is looking pretty nice to start. Uh, I'll say it. I'm down to to Kale and Kramer. So you pick one of them. I'll pick the other. You pick neither. Then I got to work. Okay, I'm going to go Kale. I'm going to go Mr. Smooth. Yeah, K- Kale is again. He's the guy you put in over your five or six pick an MPO when he when he's there. You just, you ha- you kind of have to. Yeah, like at this point, I'm definitely the upside more than just like the total events played for sure. Yeah, I I think I should be at that point. I did I did kind of give that verbal uh, agreement that I would pick Kramer if you pick Kale. So I am going to stick with that and pick Kramer. Uh, but Kramer his his biggest value is I think he said quote i want to play every single hole on tour like he's he doesn't want to miss a single one he's going to play every silver event he's going to play obviously the lead majors he's getting over to europe which i had no clue why financially he would go over to europe but it obviously paid off for him very well uh so uh i'll go with the value here even though it's for a bench spot and my starters are all pretty event valuable they're gonna hit all the events so that might not be the smartest fantasy play but i do think he's uh worth the pick yeah All right, this was, this turns actually super easy for me. Uh, I'm going Matt Bell and Colton Montgomery 
Again, nice. two guys that have uh, are essentially specialists. Uh, you know, Bell being the the Woods dominant player, and Colt Montgomery being like, actually didn't realize this, but an open specialist uh, compared to his uh, kind of overall rating. He typically is ten plus points better in the open than he is in the woods. Um, and they're both hitting a bunch of the early season silver series. So I get a, a lean, a potential lean on them to help fill uh, my starters for those early Super Series. Yeah, Colton has a, a another. He's he was one of those guys a couple of years ago when you saw him coming out. You're like, wow, that guy's got a cannon, and he just has so much whip in his throw. So, uh, I think I think it hurts a little bit in the woods, as you said, that he can't quite keep it exactly where he wants it. But if he's got a little space, he can throw. All right, that brings it to me, uh, and I'm going to flip what I just did with my last pick, going uh, Chandler Kramer for the value. Uh, with my final FPO pick, uh, I'm going to go a European uh, who will be playing some events, but really trying to get that European open. Uh, uh-oh. Uh, Heidi Lane. Did I get you, did I get you Johnny V? Uh, I schedule does scare me a little bit. It looks like she's playing early season. Um, I think I'm gonna miss a lot of the mid season, definitely like the West coast and then the turn back to the Midwest before getting to the European open. I don't even know when she's coming back after the European open. Um, but I'll have her for the beginning of the season can kind of feel it out. Probably will start for me when she is playing, um, these early U S events, definitely gonna start her for the European open. Um, and we'll see how long I hold on to her for the rest of the season then. Yeah, I, I had, I mean, I honestly, I had three people in my favorites. She was the number, she was the top one. I also had uh, Katie Tate and then Luke Lawrenson, both, all three Europeans. Um, I think they're, they're almost, I don't want to say interchangeable, but they're right there for me for those events as well. I think they all have potential. Yep. I felt the same. I'm almost like one, I'm looking at a couple high upside FPL players that I almost want to just add for depth. But yeah, like the European, I think I'm going to, I'm almost leaning about trying to stream for this. I don't think I'm going to worry about this too much. There's a couple FPO players I see that I want to try to snag. Looking at Kona, but I think I'm going to go Emily Beach. I think uh, the lefty, she what? she's pretty new. She's still getting, um, still getting some experience. So I think. She has a lot of upside still. Honestly, looking over her dra- schedule at this point. and her specialties, I wish I took her over Allen. She can she can throw far over Jen Allen and fast. Uh, at the MVP Open, had by far the the fastest release velocity of the field there. Um, I think she was dealing with the wind coming with nasty headwind. She was flipping it over too much, but uh, it was impressive. She can She's- throw far. Rookie of the year, of course. Yeah, I just think at this point she's uh, dropped. Um, okay, so it looks like after that, Evan Smith went, which is a really good pick. That was another player that I kind of had in oh, my queue. Yeah. That that's a really solid pick. It's not gonna not gonna play a ton of events, I think, just with school and everything like that. But is going to be really good. Um, when he's out there. So I've got a couple sure of he was on your show, Quinn. He said uh, next year, I think 
uh, he'll be done with school in the next two years. He'll be in the full time. So, yep, yep. Um, okay, so that did kind of throw me off what I wanted to do. Um, okay, yeah. So someone had mentioned Kona earlier, and if you've listened to our podcast, I have my feelings about that contract. But I mean, it can't be any worse than last year, right? I mean, last year has got to be as bad as it gets. It's got to get better. I mean, this is someone who's experienced on the tour. I'm, I, it's really a dart throw, really hoping that it gets better. I think also something to keep in mind for the listeners is that I am putting Kona on my team as a player to where if it very clearly is not better, I will drop her with no worries, <laughs> right? And instead of getting someone who's like, well, maybe here in like six more weeks, they're going to break out. I have to hold on to this piece. I can very quickly in the first month of the season give either yes or no to Kona. And if it's a no, I can move on and go after somebody else. I'm not burning a slot on my bench forever. I think if anyone that follows Kona on socials um, will we'll know that she's going through some health things right now, she's really worried about. So obviously we wish nothing but the best for her. But if that's weighing her down mentally, you're gonna it's gonna be an easy thing. If if she gets an all clear with whatever she's worried about, I think Kona's bound for a a, a, a rebound. I don't know if if you're, she's gonna be a top ten player, but I think she has potential to be a top twenty for sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's like a thyroid issue, is that right? Or yeah, I'm, like I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I Wait, there's a uh, there's IR spots, Quentin. So oh. if you don't actually want to drop her, you, maybe you could just uh, stash her in your IR spot there for a go. little bit and just see how it plays out. There we I've go. That's of, smart. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of people in my favorites right now um, that I'm looking at. First and foremost, I need to make sure to grab an FPL player for Europe because I looked at my FPO and this is obviously a, a and I don't know who's playing because there's only about eight people registered for the European Open right now. So no one's quite sure who's going to be playing in the European Open, I believe. But I'm looking at my FPL players, and I've got Holland Hanley, Lisa Fakus, and Sayananda. And I don't think Lisa or Sai are probably making it overseas, knowing their history. Uh, Lisa might, but I- I've never known Sai to travel overseas, but she's never toured before. I think Holland might actually make it over this year. So I need one more FPL player, and it's I, I think it's going to be uh, Katie Tati. So... Because I know she's going to go back over there, and if I have to pick somebody up, I will. Maybe I'll, you know, I can always drop Lisa Fakus or uh, or Sai onto the IR spot for three weeks. Because that's what happens if you put them on the IR; they lock for three full weeks. You don't get a choice. But if we're going to be over at PCS Sula in European, then we're then we're good to go. Um, I think that'll be ample time to have someone sit there. Now I, I have one more. Now I, I, that's cleared out my FPO because m- suddenly all my FPO players dropped off my list. So now I just have two MPO players. I, I feel like I have to get him. I talked about him on a couple different shows, and I think he's re- he's. I'm reaching down a little bit, but I'm going to go Zach Arlinghouse, the young uh. kid. He is a, a, a young phenom. He could be this year's Gannon Burr. He's a little bit lower rated than Gannon. He's a lot lower rated than Gannon. But he's the type of kid that just graduated high school is going to get to go on tour full time. And I think he's 20 points better than what he's rated right now. I think you're going to see him jump about 20 points in the next six months when he gets on tour permanently. Um, It's going to be fun to watch that kid play. And I'm glad to get him on my bench. Yeah. So my final MPO pick 
is definitely the definition of a homer pick, but I think there's a ton of upside to this guy. Logan Harpool is someone who was our latest guest on our podcast. I sound like a broken record at this point, but this dude is so smart and he's not going to be there at the beginning of the year because he's teaching. But by the time that this guy gets to the pro tour, I don't need him to start today. I need him for later on in the tour in case an injury happens or someone for whatever reason isn't playing. And by the time he gets to the tour, He's coming in mentally strong and mentally ready to go. He's not bogged down by have playing and been on tour life for three months. By the time he's coming around, he's got tons of talent. We've seen it last year. This is someone when he plays, he can finish up towards the higher end. He he even told us, you know, if one or two shots go his way, it, DDO, he's challenging Rick for a victory. I think we're going to see more of that. This is someone who's still relatively new to disc golf and, you know, played a couple rounds with him last weekend. And th- this dude, I-, I can see it, man. I can see a lot of positive things coming from this guy. He was a control room favorite during DDO. All of us in the control room were rooting for Logan Harpool. The whole story behind him with being a special ed teacher and all that thing. Just, uh, I always root for the underdog, the guy who isn't the full-time touring player, because it, it harkens back to when I was younger and all the guys had full-time jobs. So it's a little different. Uh, I love Harpool is phenomenal. Uh, a person. He's a good golfer, but he's a phenomenal person. Couldn't agree more. Totally agree. Clinton picked Madison Walker. I am on the clock. I am going to go with Evan Scott, the, uh, the young kid. I believe he's got a full tour this year. So kind of like a upside pick. Um, yeah, he's super young. I'm curious to see what he does this year. He can, I, he's, I forget who he's going on tour with this year. Jake Mon, I believe they're torn together. Curious to see. Yeah. I'm curious to see what he does. Okay. That's me, right? It is. <clears throat> I'm going to go, I believe the younger brother of, uh, the actual rookie of the year. This year, Isaac Robinson, his younger brother, I believe younger brother, he's definitely not his uh, smaller brother, uh, but Ezra Robinson, uh, he doesn't, he kind of follows the same trajectory of Isaac of uh, didn't play a lot of uh, tour events, um, didn't really tour, uh, but it looks like he's got a full schedule this year. Uh, But Isaac really sparked. Isaac was averaging like over 1030 in the events he played. Uh, Ezra's a little bit, he's below 1020. So it's, he doesn't have quite like the already seen upside, but I'm going to hope he falls in the same shoe of the Robinson brothers. I mean, he made lead card at the silver event down in Florida uh, during the wraparound. So I'm hoping he gets some of that magic and uh, plays as well as his brother. Uh, that'd be a pretty cool story. So uh, I like the upside on him. He's a sturdy guy too. They got some very different builds <laughs> between those two. Yeah, he looks like he could bench Isaac for hours. For sure. All right, I have one easy pick. Uh, I'm going Holly Finley. She's she's playing a full schedule. Uh, shoots 950 in the woods. I think that's going to be a solid pick. Um, and then... I mean, I'm I'm thinking about Olbari, thinking about Scott Withers. Withers but, is on my favorite. Withers is on my favorites board right now. If if he gets back to me, I I might snag him. 
But the guy I'm more interested in rooting for this year, not that I don't like Olivari for sure. Um, and maybe Olivari is going to be more stable, more consistent. Um, I think Withers is a strong, uh, open player, but there's a guy, I have two European open, uh, starters or registered people right now that both are a little surprising. Nate Sexton and Chris Dickerson. I would not be surprised if either withdrew from that event. Um, Robert Burridge is the last name registered for European Open. I want to lock in one more uh, quality starter for that event. He's playing a bunch of the Silver Series. Has a ton of upside. He's, uh, I believe he's graduated um, and gets to play essentially a full schedule um, this year. So I don't have a lot of high upside guys. Robert Burge is going to be my last pick of the draft. I'm sure Q could tell you more with the uh, Lone Star talk about how, how they're feeling about Robert this year. Yeah, yeah we're at the last round. I yeah, mean, these are Robert Burge, right dude. He's he could be legit this year. He could he could have a breakout year for sure. I, Robert Burge seems like the the most like cliche boomer bust uh, <laughs> player yeah. in disc golf right now. I I could see him finishing top ten at like a dozen, not maybe not a dozen, but a handful of events. Or I could see him just honestly never touching the top forty. I don't know which. It could be in between. That's probably the likely answer. But I see both options. And I mean, for your last round pick, um, I'm, a, I'm a little maybe. scared about having him on my bench, and then somebody not finishing the tournament, and I have to take his score rather than Ulibarri's or rather than like Withers, who might be a little bit safer. Just unused guys. So I, that's it. Could be a mistake in the long run. We'll see. Well, I'm on to my final pick. I I had a, there was like two or three names that I, I liked a lot. Uh, there's still a lot of value in MPO this late, um, and it, it was a struggle. But I'm going for a fan favorite, uh, super likable guy. Uh, can putt like uh, I mean, can putt as good as anyone, uh, and just he just all around good guy. Tons of fun. Chandler Fry, the channel. Uh, hmm. I want him on my team. It being the fourth MPO bench, and I have a lot of value players who are playing a lot of events. He might not even play a single week for me, um, but that doesn't mean he isn't a valuable bench spot. And if I have some injuries or whatnot, and I have to plug him in, I'm pretty happy with having to plug him in. All right. I think with my last pick, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to utilize the IR to maybe draft and staff a European player. I'm going to go, I've been, I'm looking between Oyvind. I like Oyvind because I, I saw him on some match and they were talking, I was uh, the GK pro and they're like, are you going to be munching on birdies today? He's like, I'm going to be munching on Eagles. Uh, he's got that audible snap. I like his game. And then I also like the specimen Christian cooks. Uh, I think he plays top 10 at PCS Sula and European open. Those are the guys I'm deciding between, and I've wanted both of them. I, I'm leaning, I'm leaning Christian, 
just because I've I've seen his YouTube form videos and that guy's form is gorgeous. And if Brian Earhart dubs you the specimen, you got to be doing something right. So I think I'm going to go Kuoksa, maybe stash him in my IR and uh, have him ready for the uh, European swing. But he also, I mean, his PDGA says it's expired. So that was not encouraging. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, honestly, it's just they he doesn't need to sign up because for a, a few more weeks. Okay. I Yeah, I'm not worried because his upcoming events says he's going to be playing, but it just says it's expired. So I figured. Don't sweat it. Simon just failed the uh, officials test. So, you know, he's got to pass <laughs> that if he wants to play in the pro tour. So that's what I, that's what I'd be worried about. If Simon's passed the officials, yeah, every every player has to pass the officials test. It's an open book exam, uh, and it's actually it's relatively difficult sometimes. And he, I think he got like nineteen out of twenty five, and he had to get like two or three more right. So you can just keep retaking it. Yeah, I think he was literally one question short. I think it's eighty percent. So that's funny. Nineteen out of twenty five, one short. Hey, Clinton went Jakob. I was gonna uh, say yeah. you were talking Europeans. Uh, and Jakob yeah, Jak- might be the top European left before Clinton just picked them. Uh, really shined at the end of last season. That's a, yeah. the classic. That's a great at the pick end if, and... you're, if you're not sure if some of your MPL players are going to make it overseas. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. He's got that aggressive, aggressive putt. I mean, he put some juice in that. So my final pick, I'm honestly surprised that this player is still here. I, I've probably been staring at events that they're registered in for the last five minutes, making sure that they're actually signed up for these events. Uh, the last round of the draft, I'm getting a five-time world champion uh, to round out the rest of my team. Juliana Corver is okay. one of those players who has been around forever, has won multiple world championships, proves she's still got it, is going to be playing a ton of events this year. She checks literally every box for me. And, and, you know, I'm debating between Stacy Haas, who I like, Cynthia Riccati, who I like, but you then look at their average finish and it's going to be somewhere in the twenties or thirties. You're not going to be too happy with that. Whereas let's say Kristen get, gets hurt again and Cone is already on IR. I don't have, and, uh, JK is forced to be into the lineup. She's probably going to finish in the teens, if not a little bit better than that. So, uh, love, love the value there. Love the, love everything about that pick. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, JK has proven she's, she can continue to play at the level. You know, she's not going to be. She's a hundred feet behind everybody else, but her approach game is unstoppable. If she can just literally get her inside the circle putts down, she she could be right up there in the top five. That's that's the one albatross around her neck. But I, I think I think it's a really, really good pick this late in the tour or this late in the draft. So and now what I get the last one, I get Mr. Irrelevant, technically. I get uh he's the guy who's gonna end up being the 49ers quarterback, maybe. We'll see. Um <laughs> Honestly, I have two guys in my favorites. Uh, one is Randon Lada, and the other is Scotty Withers. And it's hard for me to pass up Scotty. I mean, Randon, I think, is kind of on the upswing right now. He's a little bit older player, but I think he he showed a few bright spots last year. But I can't pass up a guy who's 1030 rated, honestly. The fact that Scott Withers is, at the, is still here is amazing. There you go. So I, I picked draft is technically complete now. Woo! We did nice. it. Uh, before we 
I want us to, to just read our teams uh, and maybe get let us know uh, maybe how you're feeling. Like a pick maybe you feel great about, a pick you, you're a little iffy about. Um We'll start, yeah, Jason. We'll start on the top with you. How are you feeling about your squad? Let, let us uh, let us hear your squad. All right. So on the MPO side, we have Ricky Wysocki, Chris Dickerson, Nate Sexton, Chris Clemens, Adam Hannis, Tristan Tanner, Greg Barsby, Matt Bell, Colton Montgomery, and Robert Burge. On the FPO side, we have Missy Gannon, Haley King, Sarah Holcomb, Jennifer Allen, and Holly Finley. So, the one unique piece of data that I pulled to try to get an advantage over the folks on this draft who've done their own homework was looking at performances in different environments, right? Wooded versus open. I referenced it a lot during the draft. My strategy, and it worked out really well to be on a turn, so I didn't have to hope that I'd be able to create the pairing I wanted. I could guarantee a strong pairing between a strong open player, strong wooded player. Essentially what I have is one player in that pairing that's going to shoot... 10 points above the individual player's rating, right? If I play those people in the right situation, right? That, so one of the things, one of the strategies I was trying to bring from fantasy football was uh, that handcuffing stacking concept. And this was the way that I found it could probably work in disc golf, right? Um, so, yeah, I'm... I'm excited, right? Um, I think it's pretty solid. I There's only four women registered right now for the European Open. So who knows really what Americans are going to be over there. Um, it's all Europeans right now. It's, you know, Kristen Zatar, Hannah Bromos, uh, Evelina Solomon, and then I think Lori Lettinen. Um, I have no, you know, obviously no FPO players registered for the European Open. Um but there's going to be plenty of players over there to pick up week of. Um, and it's going to be a small field. So if they finish last, they might be 20th place, right? Like <laughs> not too concerned with the European open, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think the team's very well balanced. Uh, got guys that are going to be playing silver series guys that are going to at the top end that are going to, um, fill out each other's schedules. Um, the talk of the IR thing is a really interesting strategy play. I didn't know if Johnny would appreciate that or not trying to abuse the You got to use the platform you have that. I mean, that is one of the reasons is that's uh, obviously for injuries and this is a league by league basis, but there is the European swing where you might need an extra spot that you don't want to drop somebody for a few weeks that is the case. I don't know if on other platforms you get to choose whether that person's injured or not, though. <laughs> Correct. You don't. But right. unfortunately, we don't have like an NFL where it's a central repository. Right. So that's why I leave it up to each individual commissioner. If they want to allow that, that's great. Yeah. Um, and which is why I also chose that a specific number of weeks to lock a player. So if you lock them, 
you you better you you know you better have someone else in stock because they are stuck there for three weeks no matter what. Just for the education of our our listeners, right? I think a really good strategy is going to be putting some of the wooded players on IR, especially for LVC, picking up some open specialists that are still on the board to give you the, maybe they don't start for you, but they're raising that floor of your bench just in case somebody doesn't finish. So yeah, I think that's going to be a strategy going throughout the year is, is, is playing that a little bit. You know, when you have an open stretch or a wooded stretch, throwing guys on IR that you don't expect to use and then fill it, you know, just, just improving your, your bench floor, I think could gain the, you some points. I mean, the hard part is you, you have, we have so many events now between silver, depending on what your roster looks like. If you're doing an elite series, if you're do, including elite and silver and majors, because two weeks after Vegas is Waco, and that's a wooded course. It's 50-50, 60-40-ish, but man, I, I would take some of the, the, you know, I would take a Sarah Hokum at Waco over, you know, an Alexis Mondahano or one, maybe one of, uh, one of the two Europeans just because she has such a good touch in the woods. That, that's a, it's a tough strategy. Well, I, I did not utilize the IR concept at all in building my team. I, I think it's really fascinating. I didn't even think about it until we're midway through, and I'm like, ooh, like like a Nate Sexton's a good one. And then we talked about Scott Withers at the end, Proctor, like picking up those guys just for a West Coast swing or picking up Europeans just for a European swing. It's a really smart strategy, and it's kind of uh, – disc golf has a lot of good players who only play certain sections. So it's it's kind of fun to have – the best fantasy player win who's on top of it, who's on top of the scheduling and kind of planning out their pieces. So that's really cool. I did not do any of that. Um, I think I drafted an amazing roster. If you want to just set and forget, I, I think I value uh, top to bottom, uh, no home run picks except outside of my first one and no really kind of dangerous picks. So I'll get through it. Uh, first I went Gannon Burr, uh, Joel Freeman, Kevin Jones, Ezra Aderhold, Aaron Gossage, Linus Carlson. On my bench, I got Chandler Kramer, Ezra Robinson, Casey White, and Chandler Fry. For my FPO starters, I have Evelina Salonen, Kat Merch, Jessica Weiss. On my bench, I have Deanne Carey and Heide Lane, which that one might be my IR spot and can you know pick up a another FPO player. But uh, again, I just I really really like my team from a top to bottom. Just just draft a team let it coast don't have to do a lot of pickups because i think it'll last the whole season picked a lot of players with a lot of events um the problem is i could have some bench players who play better than my starters and i'm not going to see it coming and i'm going to have to overthink everything um and it's going to be a lot of coin flip type ones like ah should should i bench linus to start chandler kramer here you know chandler fry might have done well here in the past and so i classic overthinker can get into a lot of those uh stretches so i think my best play is like are they playing cool my starters are going to start if they're not then i'll make the decision of who to play uh, and we'll see how it goes yeah i think i'm in the uh similar boat to you evan because I, I, I hate like when you're like in fantasy football you're have like i always make the wrong decision you know with between those so like i kind of like uh you know jason's strategy he makes this simple of wooden or open or, or even um i feel like i maybe should have prioritized uh some higher upside later like go through my team i have paul Macbeth, isaac robinson alden harris mason ford 
I got Presnell and Albertown, and then got Kale on my bench, uh, Luke Sampson. Evan Scott's the one where I feel like I might have should have gone for. I took him because I knew he was going to have a big schedule swing this year and could have some upside, but maybe like per game value. That's probably the one pick I'm looking at um, that I'm questioning. And then I have Christian Kuoksa, who I'm probably going to IR right off the bat and pick someone else off waivers. And then the FPO side, I got Paige Pierce starting off with my number one pick, Macy Vela Diaz and Ella Hansen. So feeling strong about those three for sure on the FPO side. And then Emily Beach and Alexis Mondejano. So, like, uh, I feel like my FPO is real strong. You know, Q got Juliana Corver with the last pick. So I'm almost like in hindsight thinking, um, not saying my MPO is, is shabby by any means, but I feel like maybe could have uh, waited on the FPO a little bit. So, I mean, that's why we do this draft is to take away some lessons. And, and that's kind of the lessons I took, maybe wait on the FPO a little bit and then take some more of those upside per game values on the, the MPO on the later, but I'm feeling good about the squad. And then Clinton, uh, I'll read Clinton's team. He's got Matty O, Anthony Barella, Kyle Klein, Simon Lazat, Fino Makala, Jake Hebenheimer, Evan Smith, Jeremy Colling, Thomas Gilbert, and then Jakob Simarad, and then FPO, you got Own, Hannah Blomers, and then he's got Valerie Mondejano, and then Madison Walker and Paige Shue. So looking like a pretty solid squad for Clinton. Yeah, I bet he starts Paige Shue uh, while Val is still injured. That that would yeah. Be. And Paige, honestly, Paige Shue is a former Vegas champion. She won a few years ago, so there's no shame in starting that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and read my team then. So uh, my starting lineup looks like Drew Gibson, James Conrad, Nico LaCastro, Bradley Williams, Brody Smith, and Emerson Keith. For the MPO side, the FPO side, we've got Kristen Jatar, Katrina Allen, Maria Oliva. On the bench, we've got Gavin Rathbun, Gavin Babcock, Raven Newsom, Logan Harpool, Juliana Corver, and Conestar Panis Montgomery. And really, for me, I, I'm feeling very happy with the way that this draft turned out. Um, you know, kind of talking what you were just saying, uh, Matthew, on FPO, maybe you can wait. I almost feel as though, and I was just kind of sitting here thinking about it, listening to everyone else's teams, is I, I really don't hate the idea of loading up on FPO, getting two of the higher FPOs that you're going to get a one, two, one, two, three podium top five finish. Cause let's, let's think about it. That the MPO field is always going to be bigger than the FPO field. So even if you take a Cynthia Ricciotti or Stacy Haas and they get 30th, I mean, if you're putting in an Emerson Keith, he could get 50th on any given week. Like you're almost better off loading up on FPO because you're going to be closer towards the top, even if it's just because there's not as many people in the division. So I, I really think that if I end up having a good year, I think that strategy is going to prove to be pretty good. Whereas if I end up having a bad year, then we're going to see the pendulum swing and that maybe the MPO side is a little bit more valuable here. Um, because I really think that, you know, maybe I don't have a Ricky Waisaki that can win every single week, but I feel like I have two women who can give me those really good first, second, third place finishes week in and week out. And a ton of men who can maybe give me one to two wins a year, but mainly 
mainly I'm just looking to live inside the top 20 with all the men. And, and I really think this team can be pretty consistent. I just hope it's not to a point where it's so consistent that there's no upside and it's just stuck at being like a second, third place team. It's not bad enough to be sixth in the league, but it's not quite good enough to be first in the league. It's not ironic, or maybe it is that uh, I think you've got the best FPO team starters and you've got the nicest pink background. So True. I think that I think, that's worked, <laughs> I think that worked out really well for you. I believe that you're right in that the, in this scoring format, getting those top FPL players right away is, is the right move. And had, had you not taken Tatar and had she slid to me, I would have grabbed her immediately. But um, I decided then to just load up on my MPO. And I, I think, well, you have the best FPO. I think I've got the best MPO starters. I might not have the best depth, but the starters, I mean, how can you argue with Eagle McMahon, Kelvin Heimberg, Corey Ellis as my top three guys followed by Andrew Marweed. I mean, there's, those are four guys that could easily take top 10 at almost every single event. Um, and then I've got Garrett Gerthy and, and Nicholas Antala. So, you know, I, my, the Garrett Gerthy is, is where the kind of drops off and we'll see what Nicholas can do following USDGC. Um, my bench for my MPO is Cole Radalin, Ben Calloway, Zach Arlinghouse, who again, I'm, I'm, I get a sleeper in my mind and I tend to go, go after that person. Maybe I, I grabbed him a, a you know, the second to last round, I think, but I, I'm hoping he can pull something off. He could hurt me if an, if an alternate comes up and he takes 50th or 80th. I don't know. That's the only fear I have there. Um, and Scott Withers, who a 1030 rated player to get him at the last spot is amazing. My FPO is where I'm weak. I know it. I, I can see it already. Holland Hanley, no doubt. She's a, a top seven player, probably most weekends. Lisa Fakus and Sayananda. Um, they could take top 10, they could take, you know, 25th, honestly, that's where I need to kind of keep an eye out there where I, I might have an issue. But again, even if they both take 25th, like you said, that's 25th, you know, that's not, that's not going to kill me if somebody else's MPO player ends up taking 50th. Um, my bench is Rebecca Cox and Katie Tate. So the only thing I'm slightly worried about maybe is my European swing. Um, that's going to be an elite series and a major where I don't know how many of my players are going to go overseas. Cause I, I can't remember in our interview with Holland, if she said she was going overseas or not. Um, but that could be three out of my three starters that are not going to be in Europe and we'll see what happens. If I remember right from your interview, I think she was saying she was making all of them, but the European, if I'm not mistaken, that's so, kind of what I had in but, the back of my head, but I'm, yeah, again, I'm thinking the, almost... we'll see what happens later down, later, later on down the season. If, if I have to, uh, you know, IR Rebecca Cox or drops, you know, uh, an Arling house for whatever reason, or a Scott Withers by then I could drop. Oh no, I guess I only have so many FPO spots. So I'll have to drop an FPO. <laughs> so I'll, I'll don't worry. I've got access to the database. I'll make it work for me. Yeah. But like Jason said, uh, there's only four registers. We'll, we'll all be kind of in the same streaming boat in that situation. So luckily you adjusted the waivers though. So it's not the first person up on you know, first person up. It's it's we got that budget system now. So you're gonna have to put your money, put your money where, where you your really want is. that player. That's right. If you want exactly, the, if you think you're gonna get a good player, I mean, there's a few European players that I think could be really great for the European swing. Um, uh, who who was it that uh, she just she won the Sula last year? Um, uh, Rachel Turton. Yeah, Rachel Turton. Right? I think is gonna be a great pickup for the European Open. So, um, I, I think she'll be a, a hot commodity on the waiver wire. 
going into European Open. And we'll see if somebody reaches for her a few weeks early just to have her on the bench. You know, I could see dropping, uh, you know, uh, or, uh, Rebecca Cox for that. So Anna Kinstein, I think she was. Anna Kinstein is another good option, too. So yeah. Yeah. there, there are going to be some good uh, European women that are available out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is a fun draft, guys. Thank you guys for, for staying up and doing this, hopping on. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I'm excited to see how the, uh, the season plays out. And there's a new option on there after the draft. You can see there's a share your draft where you can post it to your socials or download the image and post it somewhere else if you want. I already did that with Skip A. So my, uh, Chill Disgaze Industry League is posted out there. Oh, nice. I will have to do that. Yes, I'll, I'll tag you guys. I'll let you um, tag you guys and everything. Get this, try to get this out tonight. Put, uh, make some coffee or something, and get this going. Let's go. I'm I'm excited to to play the set and forget and uh, crush you all without uh, needing to make any changes. That's <laughs> that's right. It sounds like Johnny's already to, ready to roster bait tonight. He's feeling his squad. I, I love hard. my I love my MPL players, man. <laughs> I, I like I like I like my team. I like the top half of my team. Yeah, I'm curious to see how Clinton's feeling about his squad too. Is uh, Emily Beach on the trading block? No. Uh, yeah, I am always open for trades. I am a, uh, I uh, yeah. Rookie of the year. Sometimes I just make trades to make trades. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, the, the the league I was in, I drafted last night. Um, one of the gentlemen unfortunately auto drafted the uh, back half of his league. He had messed up and had to leave. And so he had Paul McBeth sitting out there. So I just threw him an offer. I w- I've got uh, Helvin. Yeah, I've got Vinny. So I tried to get McBeth off of him for for two uh, mid-tier players. And I, I don't think he was going to go for it because he, su- he said my team would be way too dangerous at that point. It's a little more shallow of a league. It's just MPO. So. Yeah, when I do two for ones, I always try to go for that elite player. So I like the move. That will do it for this episode of Chill Disc Days, a sports ethos presentation. Huge shout out to our guests for joining for the first Chill Disc Days industry draft show. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening, and may all your bogeys become birdies. Birdies.